This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station, 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. Ladies and gentlemen, high school football is upon us. Welcome in the Dr. Christopher Mullinex High School Game Day. Mark Heim, Lee Shervanian, we're in Air Sports 1. We're on the campus of Fairhope High School in what will be the first of, I don't know, 16, 17 stops here during the course of the high school football season. And we're here for every one of them. Give us a call, 694-1055. You can get us in the app at WNSP.com. The one, the only. Lee Shervanian. We got three high school games kicking off tonight, Mark. Of course, Fairhope will be playing at Spanish Fort. We'll be previewing that game with Tim Carter, the head coach, later on in this show. We'll be talking some of his assistants, a couple of his players. Uh, Murphy goes to Ladd tonight to take on Daphne, and Philip Rivers and St. Michael's will be taking on Gulf Shores. So the high school football season kicks off tonight. Coverage on WNSP. Uh, Fairhope Spanish Fork gets underway at 7 tonight right after the prep spotlight with Pigskin Pete. Big story last night in Major League Baseball and around the nation, Shohei Atani, arguably the, the best player in baseball, the most talked about, obviously with free agent pending and the enormous contract that he was due or was going to get and all the hype about whether they should trade him or not. So let me just capsule what happened last night. So they have a doubleheader against the Cincinnati Reds. The Angels do. The Angels have been floundering, haven't been playing well since the trading deadline. And Otani gets off to a great start. Strikes out two in the first inning. Hits his 44th Major League leading home run in the bottom of the first. But in the top of the second, after only 26 pitches, they take him out. He was complaining of a tired arm prior to the game. And they later revealed he's got a tear in his right elbow. I believe that's the same elbow that he had the Tommy John surgery in 2018. So they remove him from the game as the pitcher. He does play in the second game as a DH and goes one for five. He is through for this season pitching, but here is the dilemma. He may have to undergo Tommy John surgery. They're going to need no, more x-rays. They're going to need more information. And if he does need it, that would be his second Tommy John surgery. If he does have Tommy John surgery, Mark, he would have to sit out the entire 2024 season, all the hype about the contract he was going to get, and now general managers are starting to think, is he worth $500 million plus or whatever? Uh, do you just uh, sign him because you may have him just as a designated hitter? So, uh, And then, of course, that in insult to injury, they lost both games, the Angels did, and then Mike Trout went right back on the injured list. So uh, a team falling off the radar, uh, the Angels. So that was uh, obviously a big story. We'll talk more about that during the scoreboard. And when Fairhope Hall of Famer Dan Jennings joins us at 8.30 this morning, uh, the other story in baseball was Aaron Judge. He uh, had three home runs for the first time in his career as they snap a nine-game losing streak. We'll be talking to Eli Gold, and the story finally came out, Mark. We've been waiting, anticipating when is this story going to come out about the status of radio announcers for the Alabama radio network. And it was revealed yesterday something that we kind of speculated and, and actually rumored Eli will work the home games and Chris Stewart will do the away games. Tyler Watts will be the commentator. 
And Mark, I was kind of wondering, I don't know, is a bone or a gift, Eli? Auburn's not that far away. It's an away game. Does he get the Auburn game? According to the schedule, no. So here's my question. Um, and this is this is put the how do I phrase this? This is put the Crimson Tide Sports Network in a tough spot because Chris is they're both really, really good. So how do you essentially keep both happy? Right? So Eli has told us that he's perfectly healthy. Now, he told me yesterday in the story that we posted that, you know, it's all about getting his strength back, and he, he had to do what was best for the everybody around him and everybody involved. Kind of reading between the lines here, I'm wondering when, if there's going to be a transition as the lead play-by-play -play announcer for Alabama football. Uh, they're both perfectly capable Eli is such an entity in and of himself. It's not one of those things that you can easily say, you know what, we're making a change. With everything that's happened over the last year, year and a half, or even prior going into COVID, you wonder if there was a opportunity there to switch things up for good. All right. And if, if that makes was, sense. If it was me, and I, and I could tell you when I first started doing college play-by-play, I was at that radio station in the Garden State, and the general manager was doing Rutgers play-by-play. -play. And after about three years, he called me and told me that he was adding me to the broadcast team as the commentator for football, but he was also giving me some basketball games where he didn't want to make the trip. So I put myself, I can't put myself in Chris's position because he did the full slate last year, but if it was me, acting let's say in chris's position i'd be thrilled because i figured that maybe you know I, I was in that position where anytime he'd call me like friday for saturday game and say lee keep your day open we may need you i was thrilled to do the games i mean the play-by-play -play. i wasn't the main i wasn't the lead announcer at that time but any time he gave me a nugget to do i'm i'm thrilled i would guess and i can only guess and i don't know what chris would say publicly that he has to be very happy that he's still doing play-by-play -play because you still have Eli. Now, from Eli's standpoint, and I don't know how what his thought process is, uh, I, I was, you know, when we had him on the air, and we'll have him today, when we had him before, he, was, he, didn't, he didn't really come across and say, yeah, I'm definitely going to be doing all the games. As a play-by-play -play announcer, if it was me, I'd say he's got to be disappointed. I mean, if he's healthy enough to travel. And that's, right. see, I can't speak to that. But being the voice of the Crimson Tide for as long as he has, and again, you know, we're, we're down here, and, and again, I don't know what's running through his mind, but if it was me and I wanted, if, if I was healthy, I'd want to do all the games, and especially the Iron Bowl. He does. I, th I think it, he's been on our show enough to say that he's back, he's ready, he's looking forward to a full season. He has told us that. Then it comes out yesterday that he's only doing half the season. I don't think that was his decision. I don't. I don't think. In fact, it was, I could almost guarantee. Can't remember. I, again, I don't know decision. every play-by-play -play format in the, in the history, but I can't. Can you recall where you had split? No, but I think this is a unique situation too. I mean, how often is it that a, uh, your play-by-play -play guy is coming off, you know, recovering from cancer? 
So, I, I believe that there's been play-by-play announcers who have come back, and but again, I don't know if they tailed, tailored back on their schedule. But here's my point. Okay, if it's okay for him to go to, you know, Ryan Denny, can he go to Auburn? It's not that much further. Right. So that's why you have to ask. You got to read between the lines yeah. on this. This is not his decision. And look, I think fans are going to win either way because fans love Eli. But they also know that Chris Stewart does a hell of a job. I mean, there's no, you're not, Alabama fans aren't going to bait either one of those statements. Well, one thing I found, Mark, and, and I agree, see, I like Chris and I like Eli, and they both call a great game, but you go to the basis of the emotional Alabama fans, and I remember when John Forney came off the broadcast. Do you remember him when he was a longtime sure. voice? And I'm telling you, that there was quite a bit of feedback on that. Anytime a guy that's been with you forever is taken off, there's always going to be emotional feedback, no matter who takes over. Right. So when you take that aspect of the story, it makes even more sense that they're weaning people off of that, right? Instead of a full season, he gets a half season. Let's, we'll be having this conversation next year. In some form or fashion, I can I can almost guarantee it. I I don't want to give it the triple G guarantee, but it's pretty it's as close as you can get to a triple G guarantee without it being a triple G guarantee. Another story, and I'm hoping our good buddy there, Mike Bronner, can find the audio to a Tonga Viola. Not too <laughs> happy about Ryan Clark's comments. The former NFL player, now an ESPN analyst, basically. Uh, he said he was kidding compared to it to a what a, a pole dancer at a strip club yeah talked about his physique and everything and Tua yesterday held a press well, at his press conference uh, really went after Ryan Clark and the the phrase kind of unique and I, I kind of liked it to keep my name out of your mouth yeah that was, he pulled uh, a Will Smith on that one yeah just just don't talk about so, me look don't own it if you're Ryan Clark. Like I like Ryan Clark. I think I think he adds something to that network. I think he's got some pretty good takes. He's he's animated. He's passionate. I like him. Uh, but own that. You said it. Don't don't try to spin it. Oh man, I was just kidding. No, you weren't. Come on. But it also goes to show it it touched a nerve with Tua because Tua is not really about calling guys out, especially in the media. I mean, people have harassed him, and he he has been the focal point of a lot of media scrutiny. So you know this one touched a nerve with him. Uh, for him to, to to talk out on Ryan Clark, but if I'm if you're Ryan Clark, dude, you got to own it. You you you, you can't. <laughs> I mean, you can't you can't turn around and tell everybody you were kidding. That's not how this works. You good over there? Oh, I'm fine. Oh, yeah, okay, I'm just listening it. to what you had to say yeah. about Ryan Clark. I'm not familiar with him at all. I didn't even know who he is. I've never. I don't even know if I've ever heard him speak before. No, he's good. Uh, no, uh, so no, that was. And I love it. I love it. I love that uh, there's a little fire in Tua now because, you know, we draw the line. Where do you draw the line with hot takes and talking heads when it, you know, when we're speculating, when we're opining? At what point uh, are you, have you crossed the line? At what point does the guy you're talking about, in this case Tua, have the right to, to, to respond or fire back? Uh, and it might be a great question for Paul because we've, we're, we're in a society now where a hot take is considered news. If Stephen A. Smith or Paul Feinbaum or Ryan Clark say something, it's going to grab headlines. I know because I generally write those headlines. I mean, people react to that kind of stuff. And, you know, 5, 10, well, 10, 20 years ago, 
that wasn't news, man. That was just speculation. Now it's headline-grabbing stuff. There was a, uh, a story that made the rounds yesterday. You know, the Yankees run a nine-game losing streak. And, you know, I read the story, and it didn't really bother me. I didn't think it was that big a deal. Uh, Susie Waldman works the broadcast with John Sterling. Well, she got caught with the mic being on during a break Ooh. and said, God, this is a boring game. And obviously, you know, anytime you say anything, but it was, you know, it was true. I don't think it was that demeaning, and I don't think it meant, you know, that came down so much on the Yankees because we all know they've been stinking up the joint. But she uh, she was called out for it. Uh, I don't think there's been any repercussions for taking her off the air. It wasn't like she was demeaning anybody in particular. She said she said the truth. This is a boring game. Would you guys listening right now? Would you pay or subscribe to a version of this show where you heard what was going on during the break? I totally would. It's, it's like I've always said. They should put all NFL games or college games on a pay-per-view basis and mic up everybody. You should have that option as access. How great – or basketball would be even better. Might would be you guys, guys like – losing their job. No. Uh, Triple G wants to chime in here. Getting canceled. Let's be honest. But how great, how entertaining would that be to, he, to hear Lee Shervanian talking at a break when he wasn't on what's the air? It, to hear the real Lee. You no. ever had anything leak no. during a break? You didn't no. have the board up, mute your mic? Nope. I wow. was very, very careful. I may have said some stuff, but not to the point where people would get upset. Of course, I talked and I knew my mic was hot, but I didn't say anything that would get me into hot water. I got, I got something got caught. This was years ago. There was something going on. I don't even remember the circumstances, but I walked into the control room, and I was hot about something. And I guess his mic was on. Or it was on, but it, it got heard by listeners in the app. Mm -hmm. And there might have been a four-letter word that, that, that got caught. Luckily Love. for me, yes. <laughs> Hope. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it, uh, they, you know, I was too far away from the mic, so they couldn't hear who I was talking about, but they heard the important word. Nice. I'm just saying, I'd pay extra for that kind of uh, for that kind of uh, broadcast. I'll run uh, it up the ladder. Yeah, run it up the ladder. See what's up. All right, we went long as as we normally tend to do here. Scoreboard traffic and weather. It's the Dr. Christopher Monix High School game day. We're here in Air Sports One on the campus of Fairhope High School. Don't go anywhere. It's Sports Radio 105.5 FM, WNSP, and WNSP.com. Hey, this is Julian Zeus McClurkin with the world-famous Harlem Globetrotters, and my favorite station is WNSP Sports Radio 105.5 FM. Hey. There's a rocket. Right field. Way back. Long gone. Number 44. Shohei Otani. All right, 624, thanks for joining us today here on the WNSP. It's our Dr. Christopher Monix High School game day. We're out at Fairhope High School, and yes, that was my attempt at a hot mic, Lee. Do it again. I want to hear it again, but come in during the during the uh, scoreboard. Don't wait. But then that defeats the purpose of a hot mic. Yeah, but that's why I can respond. When it's supposed to be off. But that's why I can respond to it. Give well, me a chance. Where's, where's the fun in that? All right, uh, we're brought to you in part by Zaxby's of Baldwin County. Hudson says they got five locations now. Zaxby's, also LNS Air Conditioning, Rich's Car Wash, Ward International Trucks, and Kenneth Morgan, all-state agent, uh, located out in Saraland. All right, on our way to the restroom, I passed this office at Josh <laughs> Howell. Yeah. All right, and he's with us now. So 
What do you do? I just I hang out up here. You know, I like to be here really early in the morning. That's when I can focus and kind of just roam the halls and, and check on the, uh, some of the special things. Uh, but, no, I'm actually assistant principal here. I've uh, been at Fairhope since 2006. I came in as a, a teacher and a coach. Uh, Mr. Mark Lassiter hired me back in 2006. So you've been here ever so since. I've been here ever since. I left for one year, uh, went to Daphne High School as an assistant principal, and then came right back to Fairhope the next year. But you're connected with sports, though. In what regard? Uh, we, we're trying something different here at Fairhope. You know, traditionally in Baldwin County, the head football coach is the AD. Um, but we know what, what job a head coach has, and most of our teams around here have over 100 kids and eight or nine coaches. So we're trying to, to mix things up, and, and I'm the athletic administrator. I'm uh, the administrator at the school that's over athletics. So I kind of uh, work with Coach Carter and the AD and, and help out in all things athletic at Fairhope High School. I don't know if you're watching. Yeah. Excuse me, the Braves game last night. They had the Hall of Famers doing the uh, broadcast, no play-by-play. And there was a lot of kidding and ribbing going on. Uh, poking fun at when Chipper Jones fell down in the outfield or when John Smoltz was hit by a pitch. So we had a listener named Tim Carter yes. uh, get in touch with me. He wanted to know if you recovered from the turf toe from a few <laughs> years ago when you're out on the football field. Have you recovered? You, you know, I have, but there are flare-ups every now and then. He was just in as a new coach. I think we were short a few coaches, and he's like, i got to have some help. For some reason, I'm out there doing uh, board drills with O-line, and bam, maybe something snapped up and just got me. So I'm out there limping. He's calling Cardwell the principal, and I have uh, I've taken grief ever since for the uh, turf toe flare-up. Yes. But you, you, do you still coach at all? Oh, no, 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 no. That just, was it? Just, they just shipped just out? Oversee. I go down on, on uh, game day mornings over breakfast, and I put in a few offensive play calls, and then just look kind of at the front to make sure everything's lined up. Did you line uh, a few calls for tonight's game against Spanish? Yeah, Ford? we got double tootsie roll coming out tonight. So what's that? Yeah, well, I can't tell you that. You know, uh, they may be listening. So you've been through a lot of these Fairhope Spanish Fort games. Give me your take on it. I have. You know, big rivalry. Uh, I, I basically came into the county when that, that school started up there. So I've seen it progress and grow and seen the competition. There's a lot of overlap of our kids. Hey, great rivalry, great atmosphere. Cheerleaders and bands going to be rocking. I'm looking forward to it. It doesn't count in the region standings, but take it from there. But it, how important is it? It counts as a mindset and a jump start to the season. You know, that confidence is contagious. And if you can pop a team like Spanish Fort right off the bat, that's going to boost you through the rest of the season. Uh, Josh, I understand you've named a few coaches to some of the other sports. Do you want to throw other names out at us? Uh, some of the other sports here at the school? Yes. Oh, uh, well, you know, we've got uh, Coach Daniel Kalmar is coming up. He's our new head coach for the volleyball team, and we're expecting a big season out of them. Uh, we've got Brittany Davidson, a new coach with us. that's taken over our cross-country program and hopefully going to take it to the next level. So, uh, you know, we've got some other fine guys over here, Coach Al Ernest, Vaughn Messina. I mean, these guys are on deck. They work hard for our program. Great school, great environment, and it all starts at the top with John Cardwell, the principal. Appreciate you coming by. Thank you. Be healthy. Yeah. Stay healthy. Going to try. Okay. All right. When we come back, talk a little offensive line. What do you say here at Fairhope? It's our Dr. Chris Ramonix High School game day. Stay with us right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. There's a mixture of things that people don't understand, that people don't know about, that are talked about, that go behind the scenes. So, you know, I'd appreciate if you kept my name out your mouth. That's what I'd say. 
All right, 632, welcome back in the Dr. Christopher Monix High School Game Day. Mark and Lee, we're in Air Sports 1. We're on the campus of Fairhope High School. I do want to thank uh, sponsors like the Green and Phillips Injury Law Firm, Greer's Market, and Cash Saver, as well as QB Country. Thanks to David Morris coming aboard. Air Force Recruiting, the Orthopedic Group, some of our many, many sponsors for our game day. All right, we're going to talk to two coaches on Tim Carter's staff. Tim will be uh, with us later. He's having breakfast this morning. (laughs) You guys don't get breakfast. Um, Al Ernst, longtime offensive coach here at Fairhope, and he's been the head coach at Washington County, and he came out of the Alabama ranks and got some other stuff on him, too. And Vaughn Messina, who's the linebacker coach. Al, let's start with you. You guys ready to play tonight? Uh, you need more practice, or you're ready to go? Well, you know, Lee, uh, the expression is, you know, kind of the haze in the barn, and it's here whether you're ready or not. But, uh, but yeah, we feel like we've had uh, a good week of preparation. Uh, you know, obviously have a tremendous amount of respect for Spanish Fort. Uh, their coaching staff uh, got an outstanding program. Uh, Coach Smith and, and uh, his guys do a great job. And, uh, you know, Brian Turner uh, does a tremendous job with their defense. So it, it'll be a great challenge uh, for our kids. Any memories of past Fairhope Spanish War games? Uh, well, yeah, uh, the probably the biggest one that I could say was my first year back uh, in coaching. You know, I took a three-year hiatus with FCA. Uh, came back in 2020 and uh, actually opened the season here at our place against them. Uh, you know, Riley Leonard was a, our quarterback that year, and of course had a had a shootout with them. Uh, it was a tremendous uh, high school game, and, and uh, you know it's always going to be a war when you get together with those guys. Vaughn, how long have you been here at Fairhope coaching? This is season eight for me. And your background? How did you get here? Uh, so I actually coached with Coach Carter at Auburn High. Um, before that, I actually played for him. I, he was a position coach when I played O-line and D-line at Auburn High. So I've known Coach Carter for, gosh, 20-some years now. So he brought me down here with him. You also coached under Tommy Turberville at Auburn, right? Yeah, coaching is a loose term when you're a GA. Uh, I was a graduate <laughs> assistant in uh, what, what 2007 and 8. Uh, I was the, the go-boy for uh, Coach Hugh Nall. Uh, I did whatever he needed. Uh, 24 hours a day. So, so if you need, he needed some, let's say, coffee at the convenience store, you were making the run or whatever he needed. Goodies. Yeah, I, I, I take his trash out. I watered his plants one time. I used to take <laughs> his kids to school. It was whatever he needed. Yes, sir. I got you. All right, Al, you've got quite a background. You were were you a GA at Alabama, or what was your position well, there? Well, I was actually a, a volunteer assistant in the strength program, but was able uh, had the opportunity to work. Uh, with uh, Coach Homer Smith uh, when he was the offensive coordinator there back in the mid-90s and uh, worked with Coach LeBaron Carruthers in the strength program and just uh, really got a great opportunity to, to kind of be at the feet of some really good people. In that My process. understanding is that you are really good friends with Kirby Smart, <laughs> and we can get into that, but who would you root for, Alabama versus Georgia? Well, uh, Lee, at the end of the day, I'm an Alabama grad, so uh, roll tide, uh, you know, and I, I hope uh, Kirby wins them all but one. I uh, got gotcha. you. comes down to that this year. So are you rooting for a third? So you're not rooting for him to win a third championship? <laughs> uh, not if he's got to go through Alabama to do it. <laughs> now, what's the background between you and Kirby? Uh, well, I, Lee, I grew up in a small town up in uh, central Alabama, just north of Montgomery, called Hopeful, Alabama, and... Uh, my dad uh, was a coach and then was later an administrator, and when he was an administrator, Kirby's dad, Sonny, uh, was the head football coach uh, at our high school. So uh, I've actually got a picture in my classroom right now of Kirby and I playing Atari when we were about seven or eight years old. So uh, 
it's uh yeah i've known him for a long time and uh you know he's uh obviously had an incredible journey to get where he, he really is. has has he does he ever call do you ever stay in contact with him well you know obviously with his schedule not not really i uh, ran into him at the afc uh, alfca convention in montgomery back in january we had a chance to uh, catch up a little bit then but uh, now we don't we don't talk that much uh my mother and his mother actually those still talk quite frequently so uh so, yeah, we, we, we still maintain contact when we can. Guys, for clarification, we got a couple uh, uh, seniors that are getting ready to come on. Uh, Atari was like a PlayStation or an <laughs> Xbox with just better games and maybe not so great graphics. You know, Pac-Man, Asteroids, Frogger. You're young. We're trying to teach you throughout the course of your high school career here. Vaughn, what did you learn under Tommy Tuberville? I uh, really learned how to work and how to break down film, uh, how, to, how to prep for a game. Uh, practice organization, team organization. It, it's running a D1 football program. Just you, every every everything you do, no stone is left unturned. Were you there? What what time frame were you up there at all? Were you there during the uh, the 04, 03, seven, or? seven and eight seasons? Okay, so you were after the the great I was, running backs I left. Was. All right, uh, let's talk about your offensive line. Al, I said this, and I said this in a kidding way. You don't look to me to be an offensive line coach. You, I think a big guy who's bald and going to butt heads. You, you look more like a wide receiver or a play caller. But tell me about your offensive line and how important it is. Well, you know, Lee, at the, at the end of the day, and it's one of the oldest cliches in football, but the, the game's always going to be won and lost up front. And, uh, you know, I feel really excited about uh, the group that we have. We've got two seniors coming on here. Uh, in just a second, uh, Baird and, and Clayton and, and their t- our two tackles. And uh, we've, we've got a tremendous challenge in front of us tonight. You know, obviously, you know, Spanish Forts, uh, uh, the, the Dixon kid and the McConaughey kid are, are great players, but they've got several great players in their front seven. So uh, it'll be a big challenge for us. Uh, but like I said, we feel like we've had a good week of preparation and uh, to get ready for this. And so, uh, you know, we're look, looking forward to the opportunity to go compete tonight. you got a new quarterback also. But we'll talk to Tim Carter about that when he gets on. Vaughn, what about your linebackers? Experience or not? Uh, we got all new linebackers this year. Very uh, new uh, green group. Uh, but I have, do have eight seniors. Uh, we're counting on some of those guys to step up and play. Uh, a lot of them played special teams last year. Our starting Sam backer, Dallas Booth, played a lot of offense last year. Um, expecting him to have a big year. But um, we're, you know, looking forward to it. The, the, the Spanish Ford's a big challenge, and uh, we know we got to do our job at the second level. So what's the key to coaching linebackers? Uh, in the words of Kirby Smart, aggression. <laughs> Coming downhill, making the right reads, um, you know, seeing where they line up, adjusting correctly, and then, uh, you know, attacking the football. Al, you, as you mentioned, Riley Leonard's name, his name has actually come up now and then in the Heisman talk. What do you think? Well, uh, you, you know, we, we couldn't be uh, more proud of Riley and, and you know, what he's done. Uh, obviously, uh, on the field, uh, just you really can't say enough great things about him. And, and you know, obviously we're uh, hoping that he's poised for a, a breakout-type year. You know, he kind of came onto the scene late last year. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're, we're incredibly proud of him and what he's done. Uh, here, so I, I don't know. We'll see. You know, he's got a, I think he's got a big week one challenge uh, with Clemson. That's uh, um, next be, Monday, right? Yeah, uh, but that's the Labor Day game, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, so hopefully uh, he can go out and play well. But uh, man, we're just we're so excited for him. Even if he doesn't get it, wouldn't it be cool if he was up there in New York, oh, though, man, one wow. of the four or whatever that, they man. bring up? Wouldn't that be that, cool? That, that's always neat to kind of see a kid that 
just a few years ago was walking around these halls right here and you know to see a kid be able to do that's pretty special so was it your offensive line that made him so good i was coaching the receivers then actually to your point Lee. right so, yeah uh, i get to be the <laughs> offensive so, line coach so, so yeah well i you know when when you've done it for 27 years you know heck, you end up coaching a little bit of everything at some point or another who was the head coach was it gene stallings when you were there coach stallings was there uh when i was at alabama yes. what did you take away from being with him well you know coach stallings was was such a stickler for discipline you know and 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 you know he had a certain way of doing things and and philosophy that he believed in and uh you know that really transcended uh to the guys and and you know everybody just being all in in that process one during iron bowl week do you guys talk to one another oh yeah yeah you know uh alabama's definitely had the upper hand the last few years um i you know um we talk you know we joke about it and all that and uh, hasn't been in Auburn's favor the past few years, but uh, feel like the uh, the tide's turning a little bit. Guys, I really appreciate you coming on. I know we spent yes, some time talking about your background and your your association with Kirby. Did he ever call you and offer you a position up there? No, I, no, I was never fortunate enough to get that call, but, you know, hey, that, that's okay. That's all right. You know, on yeah. your way up and he's coming down, he, he, he'll regret it. <laughs> I don't know, but thank you, Leah. Guys, kind of wish you. you the best tonight. Thanks for coming aboard. Appreciate it. Thank guys, you. Th- thank you, guys, for Alan everything Lawrence. you do. We always uh, just so well, appreciative of your efforts. For some reason, we haven't been here for the past couple of years, but we're glad to be back. Well, thank you. And for it's nice me. to know there's good security out there too. <laughs> yes, sir. Hey, best of luck tonight. We right. appreciate y'all stopping. Right. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Uh, we have a couple minutes if you guys want to jump in at six nine four one zero five five. We talked a lot about Eli Gold and Chris Stewart and the fact that they're splitting games. Uh, we're going to talk to Eli Gold coming up at seven thirty. Paul Feinbaum is going to join us at seven. He'll certainly give us his take on uh, the Gators doc on Netflix. He was a big part of that. Uh, meanwhile, Nick Saban did meet with the media yesterday. Uh, and, um, guys, this quarterback thing is, is just beginning, essentially. Uh, he pretty much said as much during his pe- press conference. The guy that's starting uh, the season opener, he gave the indication there's a good chance he may not be the guy that, that starts the rest of the year. Uh, and there's not – the media wants some closure on this topic. It's not happening, Lee. He, he's leaving that quarterback situation open all, all season. I wonder if it's going to come right down to game time, you know, to see who shows up, you know, who, no, who I, takes the field. I think he probably already knows who's starting I game one. I, think I don't think he has a clue who's starting game two. Well, the importance is right now one game at a time. But I think he knows game one. But, uh, I, like I said, I wonder if he's just keeping this kind of – off the cuff so that, you know, makes it a little more difficult for the Middle Tennessee team. Normally I agree with you, and we got some coaches in here that would probably agree with you there, but when uh, your first game is Middle Tennessee and your second game is Texas, I'm I'm thinking. Don't mess with the Blue Raiders. Yeah, okay. Or we could just name the score and move on, but whatever. All right, so let's do this. We got a couple guys here. They've been up. They got up early for us. They got big classes today. They got a Thursday game. It's pretty. They're pretty pumped. So let's uh, let's talk to some seniors when we come back. We'll wrap up hour number one of the Dr. Christopher Monix High School game day. Mark and Lee, we're in Air Sports One. We're on the campus of Fairhope High School with Sports Radio 105.5 FM WNSP and online at WNSP.com. Stay with us. Hey, this is Buckets Blakes from the world-famous Harlem Globetrotters, and you're listening to WNSP in Mobile. Get these guys the ball accurately and on time and uh, try to make the guys around me, try to make them look good. 
All right, 648, wrapping up hour number one here of our first, but certainly not our last, Dr. Christopher Mullinex High School game day. We're in Air Sports 1 on the campus of Fairhope High School. Team of the day on WNSP Thursday's Bachelor Service. I'm telling you, in, in riding around after I leave work, I see more and more trucks with air conditioning uh, written all over it. Uh, the air conditioning places, heating and air conditioning are very, very busy. I've seen many trucks out there for bachelor service. Why? Obviously, you know why. The heat that's been permeating this area, temperatures up to 100, past 100 degrees, lots of concerns over air conditioning. So let me give you some information about bachelor service. For the, for the fact that they've been in business for well over 50 years, I think, tells you something. They do have the ongoing $79 per system tune-up special. You've heard us talk about that for a long, long time. They offer energy savings maintenance agreements for heating and air conditioning and generators. But let me, let me go a step further here. If you have any questions, like I brought it up last week with Rick True about the fact that, you know, my thermostat may be at 73, but in the room it's up to 80 now because, and he, he pointed out that most air conditioning units just can't handle this heat. But if you have any questions or any concerns, give them, him or their staff a call at 476-4321 or visit bachelorservice.com. Now, we've talked about some of the other services they offer, which perhaps many don't, such as generators, such as plumbing. They also offer the Daikin Comfort Pros, the largest maker of air conditioners in the world. So many, many good reasons to get in touch with Bachelor Service, especially now with the heat soaring like it is. And I wonder how that affects offensive linemen in the trenches. Uh, and we're going to find out from two of the finest, the two tackles for Fairhope, given the job of opening up running tonight or saving the quarterback's uh, rear end. That would be Clayton uh, Noblet and Barrett Kane. Clayton, good morning. Good morning. How about you, uh, Barrett? How you doing? Doing great. How about you? All right, I guess the first question, like we said, the heat. Has it been an issue this year? Has it been a problem? Yeah, I mean, of course, it's, it's hot. South Alabama, but... Worse than ever, though. Really. Right, but... Um, we grew up in this weather. It's what we play in. It's the normal. It's it's great for offensive linemen, I think. Why? Why offensive linemen? Because we love the heat. We love the trenches. We love to get nasty. Down and dirty? Yeah. Yes, sir. That's right. You like it, too? I do. I love it. I think uh, it brings a different mentality out of us. I think, like he said, we need to be nasty, and we need to bring that aggression. Has Coach Carter and the staff done anything differently to help you through navigate through the weather, any any changes in the, in the in the way they practice? Yeah, during practice we do get cold towels, which is nice. Every once in a while, <laughs> the um, the ice machine is broken, so we get warm wait, 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 water wait. during practice. The ice machine's broken. Yeah, the ice machine is broken. Think on purpose? No, no, no. Uh, Miss Marley, the trainer, she tries to keep good care of us. So, mm -hmm. watermelon? Oh yeah, we get watermelon at the end of the summer, but. You mean just one time? Just one time. One time. It's been an annual thing. We you do get it every year. Added breaks, water breaks. Uh, not really, not really. Who? You, which one? You told me you get warm water. <laughs> warm water. Well, that, that must be something to look forward to. Yeah. No, not really. Um, water breaks didn't mean that much um, now as they did back then. But so, Barrett, you guys are now protecting a different quarterback than you've had in the last couple of years. Obviously, you guys have had a lot of success offensively. How different is this going to be this year? And, and does the offensive scheme 
change or get tweaked a little bit this year? Uh, I don't think it changes much. I think we got an athletic quarterback behind us that can make plays. He can throw the ball just as as dangerous as Caden could. So yeah, uh, Clayton, this is a big one, man. I, I don't have to tell you guys. Uh, you love to start with a big one, but you also don't necessarily have the reps. Neither do they. But what does it mean to play Spanish Fort to start the season? It's a, especially as a senior. Yeah, it's a every year rivalry we get excited for. Yeah, every time. Um, it's it's a game both teams have been preparing for for months. Um, we're just both excited to go play. Yeah, you you guys couple that with the idea that you're just ready to hit somebody else for yep. a change and get out there under the lights. Uh, I know this school has got to be stoked. It's it's so ready. Yeah. So ready to go play. And you like Thursday night sport. games? I do. Um, it gives us a good good mood on a Friday if we if we come out with a victory. Yeah, but you got to get up and come to class I in know, the morning. That can't be too much fun. No. It's 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 fine. I think they should let you all slide based on the deficit of uh, or how much you all win by. Or but the reverse has got to be true, too. Yeah, if so if win. you win by 10, all right, we're going to give you 10 minutes to get to cl- extra minutes to get to class. You lose by 10, we're going to need you here 10 minutes early. Mm. So, I mean, think about it, and we'll talk to the teachers at some point. I'll talk to Coach, see what okay. he says. Clayton, I was, asked, <laughs> I was asked to ask you about your first game against Andalusia. What was yeah, the importance um, there? That was a crazy week because our uh, – our right tackle, who was how big was Logan? He's like six, he was six huge. six, yeah. three hundred pounds. Uh, he got COVID that week, and then the guy that was supposed to start in his place tore his ACL. So, and that was on a Wednesday. So, I'm sitting there, a sophomore, never thinking that I was going to play, and then two days before the game. You're starting. I'm like, let's go. What'd you grade out to? I think it was about a 68 around so, there. 68. Okay, so we replaced 6'6", 300 with what as a sophomore? What were you? I, I was about 200, 205. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was a big difference. Yeah, that D lineman probably had a huge smile on his face most of that game. Yeah. That's yeah. A, but you know what? It's reps like that that you need, right, so that you can be prepared for a game like tonight. Right. Barrett, what about your first start? What do you remember about uh, it? I was a sophomore, and I started against Spanish Fort, and it was the first game after COVID had passed, and it was just everybody was there. It was loud. It was packed. It was standing room only. I could just remember uh, my first snap just trying to listen to Caden's voice back there. could barely hear it. So uh, you, you play the left tackle. Does the blind slide mean anything to you? I mean, that's what you got to protect. That that's the most important for the quarterback. If, if he gets if he gets hit too hard and he goes down, then your season could go off the rails. So if you give up or are responsible for a sack, do you run and hide, or what do you do? Just kind of. No, I take it on the chin. I think it's a good learning uh, curve. I think um, you can always learn from your mistakes. Do you guys? Not that it happens often, but in a scenario like that, hypothetically, rhetorically speaking, if you guys get beat and the quarterback doesn't see it, is there some sort of code word or something you yell if he doesn't see it, or is it just too quick? He's not. It's no, just, he's just toast. He, he just takes it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Pretty Fair much. enough. Fair enough. All right. Uh, let's start with you, Clayton. Uh, you're a senior. What are your plans after high school? Um, I want to go to Auburn and study agriculture, so I can. Have a farm one day. All right. Do you play other sports here? Yes, sir. I play baseball. How's that going? It's going good. Um, 
Coach Hunter, he's newer. He's done a great job with the program. I'm excited what, to play for him. Barrett, your plans after your senior year? I want to play college football at the next level, don't matter where. And I want to go major in sports science. Have you had offers yet? I have one from Hendricks, which is a school in Arkansas, and some small little JUCO or NAIA in um, Kansas. Coach has told me that both of you are really, really good, but maybe just a bit undersized. Does that? Uh, there's nothing you can do about that, right? No, right. What's for breakfast, boys? Let's get to it. That's the fun part of playing offensive line. That's right. We got uh, eggs, biscuit, sausage, all that. All right. Well, at least following you when this is over, that's for sure. All right. So, all right, Barrett. So, you got hoops after this, right? So. Offensive lineman, got to eat, got to keep that weight up. What happens in basketball season? Do you try to drop some, or are you I, just going to go out there and be the enforcer? I kind of I drop some, but I want to keep my, my strength up. So I, I do want to be a bruiser in the paint, and I want to I want to back people down and put it in the hoop. I mean, but I got to keep my size on me. So We all know you're just setting a pick for one guy so he can light it up. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm, good, I'm good for five fouls if you need it. Nice. You see, every, every team needs one. It's every, fun sitting in the student section chanting, we want Barrett. Yeah. yeah. Every do, you, home game. Do, you, do you get Barrett? Or yeah, we get Barrett sometimes. Right. Barrett. Well, we look forward to checking that out. But tonight, first things first, Spanish Fort. All right, guys, we appreciate you uh, coming by. Uh, we wish you the best of luck tonight and, of course, uh, this season. Man, it was great having you guys on. Sir, thank, thank you. you. All right, we got a minute or so. If you guys want to jump in, 694-1055. Hour number two, Paul Feinbaum and Eli Gold among the guests. Tim Carter, the head coach here at Fairhope, will join us at 750. And then um, – We'll have a chance to talk to you guys in hour number three. Dan Jennings will be along. Excuse me. Fairhope Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. Dan Jennings. I did not know he was a quarterback at Fairhope. Really? And he told me he was a very good quarterback. Of course he did. He did. Who are we to we're, dispute? We'll have to, get, we'll have to get Coach here to pull some stats. We'll find out. Let not, me. I'll do some not research. Not only that, Let's but see if we can blow that one he up. He told me yesterday that he came out to watch Fairhope practice. You guys practice yesterday, or was he just pulling my leg? Um, we did a run through, we just yeah. plays and everything. Mm -hmm. That's about it. We didn't we didn't get the pads on. We just want we want to get our legs back under us. So do you like you guys like to run block or pass block better? I'm a big run block kind of guy. I love yeah. run blocking. I love right, taking so. a man against his will from point A to point B and put him in the ground. That's you it. like to push him that's over it. the fence? Have you ever done that? Just take him <laughs> all the way that. down the field and push him over. Maybe the I'll do that tonight. Barrett, that sounded really violent, man. I, Glad we across the table. <laughs> All right. Play. We're taking a break. Hour number one is in the books. Hour number two on the way. We kick things off with Paul Feinbaum. Keep your comments coming in the app at WNSP.com. It's a Dr. Chris Ramonix High School game day. We're in Air Sports 1 on the campus of Fairhope High School right here on the sports station WNSP. On the country's first FM all sports radio station, 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. 
All right, 704, welcome in. Our number two here. It's our Dr. Christopher Monarch's high school game day. That's right, Mark and Lee and Air Sports One. We're on the campus of Fairhope High School. Major headline, uh, Shohei Otana. Otani uh, will not pitch again this season. He was removed in the second inning of game one against the Reds yesterday after a tear in his right elbow. Now the question is, and this has to be determined, will he need Tommy John surgery? He did stay for the second game to DH. He went one for five. He had a home run in the first game, but as far as pitching for the rest of the season, it's over with. Let's bring in uh, Paul Feinbaum from uh, the SEC ESPN TV radio broadcaster and the man who knows just about everything there is to know about college football. If you watch ESPN, they have him on quite a bit. Paul, welcome to our game day out at Fairhope. Good morning. How are you today? Lee, uh, Mark, I'm doing great. Thanks so much. Great to have you on. I know we're going to get to the Netflix, but I do want to ask you, in lieu of the comments made by Greg Sankey, who you do communicate with, and he said there's going to be some conversation about the college football playoff format in lieu of what's going on with the Pac-12. When they institute the 12-team format, what do you see happening? Well, I think uh, the Pac-12 is going to have to get cut out of it. Uh, I mean, there, will there even be a Pac-12, I think, is, is the ultimate question. So, you know, based on what I, I've heard him say and – and reading not so difficult, Lee, uh, during the between the lines, Lee. Uh, I don't know what they'll do. I know they're meeting uh, a couple of days, uh, but clearly the the original plan, which we heard about, will have to go out the window. I say this not because you're on the air, but I did text you this. I actually enjoyed your take or your commentary on the. Uh, Swap King Netflix uh, better than I enjoyed watching Urban Meyer. So to that, uh, I stayed with it just because you were on it, not because of him. Well, thank you. Yeah, you know, I, I told you guys uh, you know, right after I did that, and uh, I went back and checked. Uh, I talked to them in, in the middle of April in 2022, so you can imagine uh, uh, it's been a long time. But I, 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 as, I, as I texted you back, I have not seen it yet. Uh, I plan on watching it, of course. But, I mean, there has been a lot of criticism of it for not uh, delving deeper. And, and I, I did detect, as, as the interview was going on, it was a very long interview, almost an all-day deal, that you know, they, they, they were determined to keep this uh, narrowed down to Urban Meyer at Florida. They, just, they didn't care what I thought about Urban Meyer at Ohio State or or Jacksonville, and and that, and I think a lot of people, uh, you know, have to have to factor that in that the Urban Meyer, uh, I mean, the, the the true sleaze bag that that he became, we did not know that much about until he left Florida. Even though certainly a lot was happening there. Yeah, Paul Feinbaum's our guest here on WNSP. Give him a follow on Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it at Feinbaum. Yeah, that that was that was my biggest problem with it. Paul, in those situations, in those documentaries, you find yourself rooting for the, 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 the subject of those documentaries. And I was a fan of Brandon Spikes, and obviously Tim is very good, Tebow, and Brandon Seiler, who I want to ask you about because he was on your show. They, I was rooting for them. I couldn't root for Urban Meyer. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't cheering for him during the course of this, this doc. In fact, it was, it, was, it was the opposite. I was waiting for the whole crash and burn part with Johnny Manziel's document. I was, I was documentary. I was cheering for him. I mean, I knew he was a little bit of a loose cannon, but you couldn't help but stand up and cheer for the guy. And, man, there's just nothing but contempt for, for, for Urban. I just, it just didn't work. 
No, and, and I, I think, uh, I mean, I felt like I have a moderately decent view of it, uh, having interviewed uh, Catherine English the other day and having spent uh, most of the day with these guys. And also having, I mean, it was a long, drawn-out affair. They called me uh, probably six months even before they came. And, you know, this group was, is from London. And, Mark, I don't think they really understood the story. Uh, I, I'm not sure exactly yeah. what sold them on it. And, and when they called me, I, I know I've, I've received a lot of flack. You know, why, why is Paul Feinbaum all over this? I didn't want to be in this. Uh, I didn't go. They, they contacted my agent. He called me. Then they called me. And I had a long conversation. I said, listen, I did not. I, I didn't live in Florida. I lived in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, I intersected with Urban Meyer uh, on occasion. Uh, I didn't see that many Florida games. In other words, get somebody else. And then they, they said, no, we really want you. I said, well, okay. And I, I'm not saying that to be self-serving, guys. Uh, I'm never going to try to you know, get myself in the middle of something that I'm not an expert on. And I, I really don't know if I was – I mean, I had a perspective, but there were plenty of people who were more involved than I was. But that's, that's how they chose to do it. And uh, I think in the end, they, they were looking for a broad view of what happened during those four years with complete disregard for everything about Urban Meyer afterwards and to a certain degree in there. I mean – even when I slammed Urban Meyer, they stopped me during the interviews. They, you know, uh, they reminded me they, they they had documentation. Well, you you wrote uh, in 2008. You thought he was one of the best coaches in the country. So uh, they simply didn't care about anything other than that that period in time. The only other media person that I remember, and it's been a couple of days, was was Dooley, uh, Pat Dooley, right yeah. down there. He was the only one. So it was just the two of you. And you said you talked to the director. I read comments by her, but maybe tell our audience why why did she and those who were responsible for this pretty well keep the tabloid out of it? The all the stuff that was going on with the arrest and very little about Aaron Hernandez. What was her reaction to that? Well, Mike, this is my I think because uh, Netflix had already done something on Hernandez. Uh, they were they were particularly careful about that, but the rest of it I, I don't know. And I think ultimately, uh, and I've never done a documentary, although I, I was I was part of putting one together once, and it never came to uh, never happened. I, I think you 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 can only go where where you have information, and you know, I mean this is a very I think it's even more difficult when you're when you're based in England, uh, and you you only have so many shots at getting over here and making it work and that's why you know even with my deal i mean it was about a six or seven hour uh conversation it wasn't like they could come back the next day uh they, they all lived in london and all over the world uh so it was I, I think that had a lot to do with it uh mark uh, and lee and, and ultimately I, I think it may have been one of the failings of it as opposed to people that understood the story better and, and could have really uh dug deeper into it I, they, they were they were most impressed that they found they found all this video uh they didn't shoot you know the video yeah. of all the things in the locker room and and things like that uh that 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 may i but having seen it i don't i don't really know how critical that was but i saw the trailer but 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 ultimately uh i i think there were some i think they're they're they're, they're being from elsewhere had a lot to do with they're they're missing the, the biggest part of the story He's Paul Feinbaum. Follow him on Twitter at uh, Feinbaum. By the way, nice look in the documentary, Paul. You rocking the, the the coat and the jeans. It's a good look. We don't see you on set like that. I, I think that's probably why you got so much FaceTime. 
Mr. GQ. Yeah. Yeah, I was also told uh, what a great, uh, good-looking house I had. That was not my house, by the way. Uh, they, uh, <laughs> they, they, they rented a uh, Airbnb in uh, downtown Charlotte. Uh, <laughs> it was not the easiest place to find, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I did not know what to do. I mean, they, they said just dress casual. I said okay, whatever. Um, I never you know, usually those things they only show you from the jacket up. So I figured I'll just wear some jeans and take it easy. Yeah. What about the Alabama quarterback position? Uh, your take on that? Do you think Nick knows who's going to be the quarterback, but he's just saving it for game day or that week? I think he knows that Jalen Milrow will, will start the first game. Uh, I don't think he knows a lot more than that, and I know it's 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 always in vogue to give Nick Saban credit for everything, uh, saving the world and and climate change and and all that. But uh, I think he's got a I think there are serious concerns at quarterback. I mean, based on what I've heard this week, uh, and, and it was different last week, it's 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 Jalen Miller getting most of the snaps, and then uh, Buckner was number two and Ty Simpson three. Uh, all, all all foreplay, as you know, foreplay in the in the scrimmage. And I thought his comment last night was very very uh, interesting, where he almost said, "Yeah, we're, we're working on getting the starter and something like that," and then it really begins. I. I, I don't think he's very happy about the quarterback situation. Uh, and what this is telling me is he's either extremely confident of, of having an elite defense or he is simply beside himself. Paul Feinbaum, before we let you go, i got to ask, we spent a little time today talking about the news out of, out of the Alabama Crimson Tide Sports Network. Eli Gold and Chris Stewart are going to be splitting call uh, play-calling duties. We, we have Eli coming on in about 15 minutes or so. I talked to both of them yesterday briefly. Read between the lines on this for me a little bit, Paul, because Eli has been on our show a number of times talking about how excited and how ready he was to do the whole season. Um, I mean, you don't have a bad option there between either one of them, but I don't know. Something seems a little off here. Maybe that's just the conspiracy theorist in me. I, find, uh, I found the news yesterday to be disgraceful. Uh, disgraceful because Eli Gold told me, and I know he's told you, Mark, uh, that you know after spending 240 days in a hospital and, and working through cancer and and uh, and, and, and overcoming it, uh, inspiring uh, thousands of, if not more, people around the state and around the country to get back into the booth to then have the uh, the rug pulled from from under him is, is to me an affront, and uh, you know I, there, there can only be two people involved in this decision, and, and I don't know which one it was or whether it was both. But the only two people that matter down there are Nick Saban and ultimately Greg Byrne, who's the athletic director, and and, and I, I just I, I'm extremely sad uh, because uh, I'm, I'm thrilled he's back, and I know you are, and I know everyone is, but. This is this is uh, this is really not fair to him, and this has nothing to do with Chris Stewart. Uh, Chris Stewart is, is is an outstanding broadcaster, and uh, you know clearly he's a younger, much younger person than Eli. But for someone in Eli's position, with his uh, with his stature, with the gravitas that he has held over this program for so long, to say, okay, you're back, but you you can only do this. Um, uh, to, to, to me, is a shock to the system, uh, and I, I can't believe it. I, I'm, a, I, I'm a, you, you help me out if you know the answer. I'm assuming this is Greg Burns' decision, and it's uh, and if that is the case, then it's just another dubious uh, move by the athletic director at Alabama. 
Yeah, as I as I understand it from what I've been told, yes, this was a Greg Byrne decision. So uh, I guess I, we'll see I, how it plays I mean, out. If they, if, if they don't want Eli back, then that's that's their prerogative. But to 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 see this man overcome what he has overcome. Uh, to fight back, and, and when I talk to him, you talk to him every week. I've, I've only talked to him a couple of times, uh, one on the air and one off. He sounded great. Uh, knowing Eli Gold, and I've known Eli Gold for 40 years, he would not put himself in a situation, Mark, uh, where he was going to be anything less than 100%. And 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 for, for Greg Byrne to do this, to me, uh, is it, it, just frankly astonishing. Paul, great stuff as always, man. We always appreciate it. Uh, we look forward to talking again soon. Have a great weekend. Thanks, guys. See you soon. Yep. That's Paul Feinbaum, ladies and gentlemen. All right, we're going to do a scoreboard traffic and weather. We continue our coverage of the Dr. Christopher Monex High School game day. We're in Air Sports 1. We're on the campus of Fairhope High School as they prepare for their season opener tonight against Spanish Fort. We got plenty left, including Eli Gold coming up at 7:30. Stay with us right here on the Sports Station, WNSP and WNSP.com. This is Mayor Sandy Stimson. You're listening to Sports Radio 105.5 FM, WNSP. Welcome back in, 724. It's the Dr. Christopher Monex High School Game Day right here from Fairhope High School. Mark Heim, Alicia Shervanian in Air Sports 1. Our thanks to the uh, Fairhope High School cheerleaders making their appearance here on the show this morning. Coming into Air Sports 1, that's, uh, I think, a first, too. We've brought the whole cheerleading squad in. Do want to thank some of our sponsors, Green and Phillips Injury Law Firm, Careers Market, Cash Saver, QB Country, also the Orthopedic Group, Air Force Recruiting, and Kenneth Morgan, All-State Agent, all participating in our first game day at Fairhope High School, where, of course, our uh, title sponsor is Dr. Christopher Mullenix, and tomorrow we'll be back with them as we go to Baker High School. All right, you guys can jump in. we got a couple minutes. Guys, uh, I was up late watching the Bishop Sycamore documentary. Spent a lot of time on uh, the Gators this week. Uh, it didn't start until 9 on Max or HBO or whatever we're calling it. It was an hour and 40 minutes. Guys, this dude was wild. Guy was just completely out of the realm of reality. All he did was prey on these guys that were just desperate and destitute. And he threw caution to the wind. He didn't. He had 30, at least 30 lawsuits pending against him, unpaid balances at hotels he had guys stealing from grocery stores so they could eat they didn't go to class it was absolutely bonkers <laughs> you're getting really emotional about it, it, it was talking nuts. about like, Roy Johnson, you don't, right? right you don't you don't you didn't hope this guy got arrested you wanted to see this guy get thrown under the jail and he laughed about it the entire time are they still playing do they still have a high school team he has he says he's going to continue now since the documentary got filmed dude got busted for trying to steal stuff from a best buy under an assumed name <laughs> uh, 
He's a complete and total wreck. Like he, like reality has escaped this guy. He is nuts. So I didn't obviously see it because I don't have HBO Max. So it is Roy Johnson, right? He's yes. the co- is he the coach or the principal or what is he? It's it's it's, or we it's don't know. too long to figure out. So they tried to start a school. They wanted to be IMG. He wanted to help kids. Dude didn't have a playbook. Didn't have like film. They never watched film. You know, Mark. They didn't have equipment. Like, dude was just running off the cuff. Like, what are you doing? Did they uh, do interviews with ESPN? Because I'm wondering no, how ESPN they fell, and, fell into this trap. Yeah, ESPN, how they could be buffaloed. How they could not know. According what, to this coach, nobody wanted to play IMG. They called him. He said he didn't do anything wrong. They called us, and you know what? It worked because he said. Is we win no matter what because he said 13 schools after they got their doors blown off IMG called him for the next season and wanted to play him. They had a guy blow an ACL during that game. They didn't have a trainer. So one of the team moms came out. Guy heard it pop. One of the coaches said, now nah, you're good. Dude so, went back out on the field right, and really, lost 56 nothing. Really hard to believe that if ESPN came calling – that a school would not play, want to play on a national televised game against IMG. Can you imagine going to Rush Probst? You don't think he'd want to play? It no matter who he was coaching. There is so much. I was, like, writing stuff down feverishly. I was like, this is insane. i got to remember this. There's just too much to get to. But when they first started, he claimed it was sixteen grand a year for tuition. So after the parents dropped these guys off, he had them sign, they had them sign these documents. It turns out they were PPP loans. They were all taking loans out, like some of these guys. And then he was putting these hotel rooms in their names. And so a lot of these hotels would give them 90 days credit to pay their pay their bills, and then they just skip out. So these kids now have bad credit for the rest of their so, lives. Uh, like, I'm not defending Roy Johnson. I mean, it's obviously a, a, a fraud. But why wouldn't they have tried to interview somebody from ESPN that how could you how could you ESPN wouldn't take part. ESPN and IMG refused to take part in the, in the documentary. All right. And I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't touch it either. But I think a lot of it's on ESPN. Dude's a character, though. For to fall real. into a trap like that. For real, the into... guy is an animated. I mean, it, it was entertaining, but at the same time, you're like, dude, someone slapped this guy upside the head. He was nuts. All right, we come back. Eli Gold, the voice of the Crimson Tide, will join us next year on WNSP. Tim Carter set to join us at uh, 7.50 as well. We're here at Fairhope High School. It's Dr. Christopher Melnick's High School Game Day. Stay with us right here on the Sports Station WNSP. All right, 732, welcome back in to Dr. Christopher Monarch's High School Game Day. We're out here at Fairhope High School, presented by the uh, Mobile County Sheriff's Department. We appreciate those guys coming on as one of our sponsors. We're uh, in Air Sports 1. Reminder, this is just the first of a split doubleheader, boys and girls. Fairhope uh, tonight against Spanish Fort. Tomorrow, we head out to West Mobile and uh, visit with the Baker Hornets. How about that? Also, do want to thank Zaxby's of Baldwin County. They got five locations in the uh, Eastern Shore area. They're a sponsor, along with LNS Air Conditioning, 
Rich's Car Wash, the Ward International Trucks. And as we await to get Eli Gold on, the voice of the Crimson Tide, uh, thanks to Dex Imaging, to talk about Eli with the story that finally broke yesterday. Although, in essence, we had talked about some of the things that were coming down with it. I did not, we, I wasn't aware that they were going to split and have Eli do the six home games and Chris Stewart the six away. We kind of knew Tyler Watts was going to be the commentator replacing John Parker Wilson. That was pretty obvious. We, we speculated correctly on that early on. So that's the way it's set up now. Uh, Mr. Gold uh, will be on uh, the six home games back after that long illness, and we're so happy that he's recovered and sounds really good these days, at least in conversations you know, with us. So we'll get his uh, reaction. And, and also, you know, we've talked about this. Um, you know, we like them both. I mean, Eli is such a great friend, and he's been a longtime friend of mine and does a great job uh, calling football and other sports, not just football. And, of course, Chris is also a guest of ours on Wednesday and does a remarkable job on the basketball games and filled in very admirably for Eli uh, last fall. Um, so we had heard rumblings that this was going to be a possibility. Eli came on the air and basically told us about Tyler Watts. He gave us the heads up that it was going to be a different quarterback. I got to confirm that it was going to be Tyler Watts. But there was some speculation for a while now that this could be a possibility. Now, if we get a chance to talk to um, Eli today and we're efforting, we'll talk a little bit about that because he, he was talking about how he was ready to go and go full speed and do the whole season. But I talked to him yesterday. Uh, I think there were some concerns about whether or not his health, not necessarily his health, but his strength would hold up for a full season. And I, so I think they split the difference here. Either way, look, Alabama fans, you win. Because both, I mean, Eli Gold is legendary. And Chris Stewart, like Eli, is phenomenal. And he really, I think, understands the, um, the magnitude of the position. With that said, let's bring in the voice of the Crimson Tide, Eli Gohl. He joins us here on WNSP. Good morning, Eli. How are you this morning? I am well, fellas. How are you? Good. Brought to you by Dex Imaging. So rather than us speculate and, you know, how this came down, give us all the information you can about this decision made by Alabama that you'll do the six home games and that Chris will do the six away games. And we just want to get your thoughts on it. Well, it was, a, it was a joint decision. It was not uh, anything that was forced on anybody. Uh, it was just a joint decision that uh, I wanted to make sure that I was ready. You know, there's more than just showing up. And, for instance, we had to make some physical adjustments to the broadcast booth at Bryant-Denny Stadium, okay? Uh, we had to add a new... Uh, uh, arm, um, what do you call it, a handrail, uh, to make it easier for me to get down <coughs> and back up uh, from the different levels of the press box, uh, the, the different levels of the radio booth. Um, I just didn't think it was right right now to ask other universities to start making physical adjustments to their you know, to their, what they call the plant, you know, and they, to make physical adjustments to their stadium to accommodate Eli. 
Uh, that just wasn't uh, the right thing to do. So, um, you know, I thought about it long and hard, and, and I decided here's the best thing to do and get myself nice and healthy, and I am healthy. But, you know, I just wanted to make sure I was, in, I was doing the right thing. So, you know, we're, we're fine. And the most important thing is the fans are being taken care of uh, between myself and, and Chris. Um, you know, I'll do the, the Iron Bowl. Uh, we, we decided to make that change uh, already. We talked about it. Uh, so I'll do the home games plus the Iron Bowl wherever it is. In this case, this year it's at, uh, at Auburn. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll be just fine. We'll be just fine. Eli, you answered my next question because I was going to ask you about that. All right, moving on, you've done two, I guess what we call scrimmage practice games. First time back after the long illness, working with your new commentator, Tyler Watts. Just tell us how things went with that, fitting in with him, but more so how you felt health-wise after doing those two uh, scrimmages. I felt wonderful. Uh, it was, you know, that was the thing. We, we wanted to make sure I had my strength that I was able to perform uh, to the level that the Alabama fans deserved. And uh, what I did was uh, I listened while we did the games. And, you know, those games are about two hours in length, uh, those scrimmages, uh, give or take a few minutes. So it was a fairly short afternoon compared to a regular broadcast day but uh, what I did was when when it was done uh, they taped it at our studios and sent me the link to listen and what I did was start go and I went backwards I listened to the end of the game first from my own you know personal critique I went from the back to the front so I was able to make sure that the strength and the, 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 the sound of my voice and all of that was as good at the end of the practice game as it was at the beginning of the game. And everything went fine. Uh, you know, working with Tyler, uh, we, we talked over each other a couple of times. And, you know, that's going to happen when you <coughs> – excuse, excuse me. That's going to happen when you're uh, – you know, meeting somebody, not for the first time, I've known Tyler forever, but working with him, that's going to, you know, that's going to happen. But everything was fine. It was a good broadcast, uh, and it was a chance for me to learn names and numbers and just get back to, uh, you know, to where I used to be at. Uh, so it was, everything went fine. It really did. All right, looking back, in your history working with quarterbacks, of course, Kenny Stabler, John Parker Wilson. Tell us about Tyler Watts, what he brings to the table. Is it comparable to what the other quarterbacks did with you, or what did you find different, or what did you find the same? Yeah, it was, it was comparable. Uh, you know, he, he was learning when to jump in, when not to jump in. Uh, and, of course, that's pretty easy when working with me because I tell the guy, and it's true, I said, look, you are the star of the show. The people aren't here to hear Eli. You know, I have never played it down. 
They're here to hear you. You're the star. You know you have the right to analyze all these plays because you've been there and done that. Uh, I've never been there and done that. So, you know, I said you'll have all sorts of opportunities to talk. Uh, I, I indicated, I, I made it clear to him, I said, look, other than when I have some business to conduct, a live commercial read or something like that to do, I said, other than that, you're going to speak after every single play if you want to. So, you know, there's no need to, to try and force, you know, 10 pounds of stuff into a five-pound bag. I said, you're going to have plenty of opportunity to speak. You're going to be the star of the show, uh, along with Christian on the sidelines. So, uh, you know, it, it worked well. Everything went well. And, uh, you know, we're, we're looking forward to, uh, you know, to, to, to working together and, and, uh, and doing a good job for the Bama fans. All right, you're being very humble, and you know that, because commentators come and go. But I think, and you look back on the long history of play-by-play announcers in the SEC or anywhere, really, you know, Munson of Georgia, uh, and we could go through a whole litany of of announcers. The one name that will always surface is that play-by-play announcer, because that's the voice they hear in the living room. And you go back to your days with the Yankees, or even now, who do, they, who, who do you remember most? John Sterling, Michael Kay. So I know you're being very kind and very humble, but and don't sell yourself short, Eli, because you know that your name is huge in the state of Alabama. Well, I've been blessed. I've been blessed. I know that. But I always do remember that they're there to hear the game. They're not there he- to hear the, the Eli, you know. Yeah, I might add the color and, and add the and bring them close to what they want, bring them close to their favorite team. But it is the game. It is the game that they want to hear. And uh, the fact is, you know, I I have had my I've been lucky to be associated. Uh, with the university during what has arguably been one of its greatest sports eras ever. So I've had wonderful stories to tell, but uh, we'll be fine. You know, it's it's a good situation, and uh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, I, one thing I can tell you is that these last two scrimmage games and that's what they were they were they were a glorified practice game kind of like a day they were the best that was the best medicine that i could have had getting back on the air so to speak because nobody heard it but getting back on the air and and doing the game was the greatest medicine I could have had after this last year and a half, and uh, it, it's been wonderful. It really has. All right, clarifying once again for anybody joined us late. So you were involved in this decision just to do the home games and then go to uh, Jordan here. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It, was, it was. You know, I I was involved. Uh, Jim Carabin. Our, our boss from Learfield was involved. Uh, Greg Byrne, our athletic director, uh, was involved. It was, you know, uh, obviously Coach Saban was consulted. I don't know if he necessarily 
what kind of say he had. Uh, he's got a say so in everything. But, uh, you know, ev everybody was looking after each other, looking after me. They didn't want me to, to peter out in the middle of the season. Uh, you know, I'm doing the, uh, I'm doing the talk shows. Uh, it, it's, uh, I, I'm not doing, I'm not going to do the Monday talk show. The Crimson Tide Rewind, uh, Roger Hoover will do that. Uh, so we're kind of just spreading the, uh, spreading the, the workload around just to make sure that I, I am not going to be overly taxed in this first year back. All right, so you'll be on Hey Coach tonight, which will be aired on uh, WZEW on our here in Mobile, yes. ninety-two point. Okay, yes, and, sir. Uh, okay, great. Uh, before I let you go, though, Dex Imaging, do you have a little story about them? Oh, you always got stories about Dex Imaging. You know, they they were not uh, consulted on all of this, but you know, I let them know. Everybody was again. There's been great communication on all of this. Uh, everybody was, you know, Dex Imaging is is one of those things that is so tightly tied to the University of Alabama that you can't, you know, do one thing without the other. Dex has been a big part of our broadcast family now for so many years, and they are for so many other sports as well, not just football, but for basketball and for, for baseball and for everything else that's going on at the university. Reason being, we all need to use copiers. We all need to use scanners in this day and age. And who has the best selection of those machines? Dex Imaging. Who has the greatest uh, crew for repairs? Dex Imaging. You can't operate without a good office, and you need that office to be provided for you, that office equipment, by Dex. You're not going to be disappointed. You never will be. They're great folks, and they care about you, whether you're a big, big company or small operation. Remember the name, D-E-X, Dex Imaging. Check them out. You'll enjoy folks. They're good people to work with. That's what it's all about. Hey, man, we really do appreciate it, Eli. Uh, we look forward to doing it again next week. Have a great weekend. Uh, it'll be game week next week, sir. It will be getting ready for Middle Tennessee. Looking forward to it. That's Eli Gold, ladies and gentlemen, the voice of the Crimson Tide. We come back. Uh, we'll visit with David McCrary real quick here at LCM Motorcars and LCMMotorcars.com. And then the head coach of the Fairhope Pirates joins us in our mobile studio. That's Air Sports One. It's our Dr. Christopher Monix High School game day from Fairhope High School right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. Hey, this is AJ McCarron, and you're listening to WNSP. The opening kickoff continues on WNSP, and it's time to highlight the cars of the week with David McCrary at LCM Motor Cars in Theodore. David McCurry, LCM Motorcars, LCMMotorcars.com, joins us here on WNSP, and we often talk about they have a wide variety of automobiles on that lot, but here's the best part of it. If they don't have what you're looking for, they can go find it. And, David, that's uh, never been more true than here in the past week. 
That is, uh, Mark. Good morning. We, um, I've got a friend of mine. I, I mean, we went to high school together. We've been friends for a long time. But he's been looking for his wife a vehicle and just hadn't found exactly what she wanted. And um, we've even looked for him once before, but he... We came back up again and gave it another shot, and we found her exactly what she wanted. Um, vehicle's up in North Georgia, getting it trucked in. It should be here today. Um, exactly what she wanted. Uh, it had a condition report, so we know exactly what we're dealing with when a car gets here. So it's got a guarantee from the place it's coming from, good Carfax. And it's the color and everything she was looking for. So if you're looking for something in particular we don't have, don't just drive by and keep going. Come by and see us, and we'll see if we can help you find it. So the best thing to do is to come by, sit down with you or one of your guys, and you and they you can get it down to the color if it's out there and it exists. Absolutely, she had two colors in mind what she wanted, and and uh, she wanted the big screen on the dash. You know that just little stuff like that that you um you can see, and and, and when we pull them up on the TV, you can get, pick out exactly what you want. That's what happened. Hey, uh, great stuff. So tell folks when's the best time to come see you, and where are you located? We're 8 to 6 Monday through Friday, 9 to 2 on Saturday. We're at Highway 90 and Plantation in Theodore. It's one mile south of I-10 on exit 15A. You can give us a call at 251-375-0068 or go to the website, lcmmotorcars.com. You can see the vehicles we have in inventory there, or you can message us and tell us what you're actually looking for. Hey, man, have a great weekend. Thanks for everything. We appreciate it. Have a good day, Mark. That's Dave McCurry, LCM Motorcars, LCMMotorcars.com. I've been out there. I've seen the setup. It's, they've got a pretty impressive display there with how they locate vehicles. So make sure you go online, uh, check out what they have to offer, and check out their social media. They're constantly updating their inventory on Facebook as well. So the Dr. Christopher Mullinex game day from Fairhope continues through 9 o'clock. Thanks to the Mobile County Sheriff's Department, Zaxby's of Baldwin County, and we welcome in the head coach for the Trejo Pirates in his ninth year, Tim Carter. Tim, you look like you're ready to go and get that team out there. So eight previous opening games, anything different about, any feeling different about uh, tonight against Spanish Fort? No, 35 seasons, and it still feels the same, man. I tell you. It's is the uh, adrenaline? It, it, absolutely. It you know, it's just uh, – just the whole uh, build-up, the preparation, and all the things that go into a high school football game. Uh, watching the band practice during the summer, and watch them go through their camp. Watching our cheerleaders work. I mean, this is an exciting night. I mean, it really is. So, do you already know what you're going to tell the team before the game? Do you have a prepared statement, or are you going to send them out there like uh, the college coaches do with the rah-rah stuff? Uh, no, I'm not real good at that kind of stuff. You guys had a star-studded lineup in here this morning with Josh Howell, uh, the Cordova Flash, and uh, Vaughn Messina, and Al Ernest. I thought Al was coaching for Coach Saban there for a minute. He yeah. said roll tide so much this morning. By the way, Cordova Flash, that would indicate that there are other flashes in this in this area, right? <laughs> Is, it, is that based on, like, a shopping mall or is it a uh, high school? That's his hometown, baby. Cordova, Josh Howell. Uh, I was glad to have him out that spring training to help me. I was very short-handed in 15 minutes through stretch and warm-up. He's got turf toe, and I'm already down in coat. You, so, you won't uh, let him forget this, will you? No, I will never let him forget that. Got, he, got he gets a, a little cocky around here every once in a while. Oh, so. Well, it's good that you put him in his place <laughs> and so forth. All right, so your two offensive linemen said the heat didn't bother them. Did it bother you at all, or how much preparation did you have to do or change the way you do things with this uh, unbelievable heat with it? They're glad they got a 57-year-old coach because I'm going to go in pretty quick uh, when it gets too hot. So, uh, you know, it, it's been you know, it's been hot in the south a long time. Uh, and uh, 
You know, one thing down here that I notice is we have a constant breeze uh, being on the bay. It, to me, it really doesn't seem as hot as it is at times. Uh, but uh, our, our kids have struggled through it. And I think the fact that we acclimated them in a helmet all summer long, uh, that's not as big of, a, of, a, of an adjustment. You know, back in my day, you, you didn't wear a helmet in the summer during workouts and running. There weren't all the play preparation. I mean, we basically have 22 practices in the summer. We come up here three days a yeah. week, and, and uh, you know, it is extremely organized, and uh, we do drill work, play installation. So it's just kind of a different age. So when you were playing, and if it was hot like this, what did you get, the salt tablets? <laughs> Maybe one well, one little break, did yeah. you get any water? What yeah. was it like when you? Uh, water makes you weak. That's right. Uh, <laughs> water for getting blood off my jersey. You don't get blood off my jersey. <laughs> you, don't, you don't even have cold water here. Uh, players told me you give them warm water. What's the deal? <laughs> That's not true. They're full of it. Uh, well, you know, I remember at one point in time we thought Gatorade was the greatest thing. And uh, we had a doctor. We cramped so bad the first game of the year when I was a 10th grader. Uh, the doctor came in and said, drink water during the ball game. You can drink the Gatorade before and after. And uh, so, you know, science has come a long way with nutrition. That was a bad day when Gatorade came in glass bottles. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that. You remember that, that <laughs> Tim, what about the, the training staff now? Yeah. I mean, what we've seen, and, and unfortunately, we have still tragedies around yeah. the nation with a player going down and maybe losing his life. So how much effort goes into your training staff here and experience and so forth? A tremendous amount. I'm glad you brought that up. We're, we're partnered with Encore, which a lot of the schools down here are. We have two on-staff trainers that are, are within a phone call away. Most time they're out there sitting there watching practice. Uh, we have defibrillators on hand. We have uh, cold tubs ready to go in this type of weather. We're walking around putting cold rags on their on their necks and on their uh, their wrists to cool their blood down and just keep them, uh, you know, keep it manageable. But uh, you know, it's, it's it's definitely something you have to deal with and be smart with. How, do you can you tell if a player is struggling because of the heat? Uh, yes, you, you, sometimes you can. Uh, you just don't want to let it be a little too late. Uh, but cramps and things like that, maybe the st color of their skin, uh, you know, if they feel a little clammy, they quit sweating. That's a, You know, there are things in there that are just uh, indicators that you better do something quick. Uh, and uh, that's a good thing about us. We have tra the trainers are sitting on the sidelines watching practice, so they're able to monitor it as well. Coach, uh, we had a question in the app. Are tickets still available for tonight's game? And if so, I'm assuming it's through GoFan. Yeah, GoFan through uh, Spanish Fork. Uh -huh. okay. Do you yeah. have any extras you have? I don't. I don't. Uh, do they give high, the opposing high school tickets to sell, or like they do in college? You know, they used to, but with the with the ability to do it uh, electronically, I you don't see. have to. Yeah, you used to have a in the big rivalries, you'd have a ticket swap. You know, maybe on a Monday or Tuesday, and and when you sold them, you would give back what you didn't sell. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I assume that uh, you know we're going to talk about your team when we come back after the break, but this rivalry will continue. Spanish Fort Fairhope. You know, it's not a region game, so it right. will depend. You know, uh, if we can keep uh, we can keep scheduling it and keep it keep it. You know, it died for a little while. Uh, they didn't they didn't play for. I think it was during Coach Weingarten's uh, era here. Uh, but uh, you know, we we kicked it back off. Coach Blackman and myself, we thought it was a good game. So it's it's actually a good gate and just high level of competition. Uh, I know one thing tonight, they will be well coached. They're going to be extremely athletic. They're going to they're going to get after you. And it's always a good test for us early in the year to uh, you know it can it can be a, it's a positive no matter what. 
This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station. 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. Here we are, hour number three. It's a little different on this Thursday. It's our debut of the Dr. Christopher Monarchs High School game day. We're in Air Sports One. We're on the campus of Fairhope High School. You know, we, uh, sitting in with us is Tim Carter, the head coach. And Tim, you were telling me, what, nine years you coached, I think, head coach at Auburn. And now you're in your ninth year here at uh, Fairhope. That was really strange what happened. You left Fair, uh, Auburn to come here. And the Fairhope coach left here to go to Auburn. Was that like a trade? Yeah, and I, I it was a, for for my wife and I, it was a good trade because we always wanted to come back to the Gulf Coast, and uh, Fairhope was a community we always loved. Uh, even when I was at Daphne in 1989, when the school was open, I was there under Coach Tyler. Uh, we just always came to Fairhope, went out to the pier. So for us, it was a win. So uh, it's nine years, nine years. I mean, do I need to do we need to go through your call? Last? I know. Do you have an announcement you want to make here on WNSV? <laughs> no, I don't. Okay. Uh, I got a lot of bills. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we haven't yet. Tell us about the team, I guess. Let's start with your quarterback position because, well, you got one guy at Duke who's actually thrown into the Heisman. You got a quarterback who was electric last year who I believe is at what, Jacksonville State? Jacksonville State, State, Caden Creel. Uh huh. Yeah, so what do you got this year? Who's going to make some noise there as well? Uh, uh, Preston Godfrey. Preston's a senior force. Uh, He was. a, kind of a tandem at running back with Quayla McCants. And when Quayla rolled his ankle middle of the year, Preston became a running back. Uh, but as an eighth grader, he was a quarterback for us. And uh, we were in a little bit of a uh, – we needed a quarterback in the worst way. Preston was like, I can do this, Coach. And he stepped up for us. And uh, he and Coach Williams have been working really hard. He's an electric type of player. Uh, he ran two kickoffs backs for touchdowns last year. He was a he was a good back for so he's a he's an electric guy. We've got uh, Jackson Robertson behind him, Robbie Robertson's son, uh, who's a junior and has improved greatly. We can play with him as well. Uh, so you know we're excited about that position. Uh, but uh, you know Preston's this will be a, this will be a first for him. It's be a first high school start. So uh, you know I think he'll do well. I is, think he'll play hard. So it sounds is. I was going to ask you, is he a quarterback that can play running back, or is he a running back that can play quarterback? I know you don't want to shoehorn anybody, but it sounds like with his ability to, to take those kickoffs, it sounds like he's... Yeah, he, he, he definitely can run the football. Yeah, uh, He is a threat with the football, uh, and so, you know, there's some design for that. And, uh, you know, we're, we just uh, we like the things. He's such a great leader, too. Preston is probably the most popular kid on campus. Never meets a stranger. Kids want to play hard for him and around him, and we all know how critical that is. Uh, so we're just excited to to see him go. And you know he's going to make some mistakes. He's going to do some things that that he that he probably shouldn't do tonight. But you know what? He the way he leads and the way he works. Uh, you know we'll 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 live or die with him. You mentioned that you were Daphne in '89. Are you kind of maybe a reaction to the way this county has grown and how football has grown since you were Daphne? 
Yeah, and that was the first new school in quite some time in Baldwin County, and uh, we weren't welcomed uh, by by many because uh, of, of splitting up some powerhouses. You know, Fairhope has really kind of never been the same since that split. There have been some good moments, but the powerhouse that Fairhope was in the era of well, Coach Fairhope Majors had and Coach it all Dean. going. They, they were the only school in town. That's and right. Kids started. Going into Daphne, and I'm, I'm assuming Spanish Fort eventually. That's exactly right. Uh, and, of course, the Spanish Fort kids were going to Daphne at the time. Uh, of course, that community, all these communities have just, you know, boomed and grown so much. Uh, this place doesn't, you know, it looks so different from 1989. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, our kids are, you know, we don't have a lot of transition. Uh, you know, these kids played together at the, in the Barnwell League down south of here where they had the kids wreck ball. And, you know, we, we have occasional move-ins, but it's just because a parent came from Atlanta to, for a new job opportunity. It's not a lot of transition. You know, I, Mark, I did off the air. I was talking to uh, uh, Tim about, you know, how we hear about transfers all the time. Coaches tell us this kid's leaving, this kid's going. And, and. I hope I don't jinx the program. <laughs> I never hear anything about Fairhope. I never hear about kids leaving or coming to Fairhope, and this is such a beautiful community. Oh, it is. I, we just got, uh, you know, and uh, I think the best school in the county. Uh, you know, I'm a little biased in that, but uh, very strong academically. You met Mr. Cardwell. You know what kind of school we run. Well, we actually, have great he didn't teachers. show up. Oh, he did. No, well, that's probably because he's dealing with some academic he, issues. He was talking morning. to the kid that's going to Harvard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I have seven seniors that made a, have made a 30 or higher on the ACT in this senior class in football. I mean, uh, we got a kid, uh, Sanders Daniel, that's going to uh, Harvard uh, with a 35 on the ACT. Uh, you know, we just have a, a really you know, our kids work hard. They, they think they have good priorities, and they like this school, and uh, they want to play in the blue and gold, and, and that's a great thing. All right, so how many do you have back from last year, and what kind of a turnout have you had this year as far as number-wise when you take the field against Spanish Fort? Well, we had a big turnover. We, we, we lost quite a few kids on both sides of the ball, but, uh, you know, the great thing is we, we're planning for that, and uh, we have had some guys step up. Uh, you met with two of our old linemen that returned. That's our only two old linemen that we had uh, coming back from a year ago, Barrett Kane and Clayton Oblett, and, and they kind of lead the way up front. And we've got some younger kids that are joining in tonight, and they'll be the mainstays for us. Uh, and then, of course, Sanders is one of the few returning receivers we have. We lost some good players from a year ago. So, uh, you know, we got a we got a youth movement in a lot of places. We lost all our linebackers from a year ago. We've done some transitioning there. Uh, but we have several seniors uh, that I, I feel good about. Uh, you know, we've, we've moved a D lineman who's working some linebacker and playing down in the defensive front, P.J. Harbin, who's a junior. I think he's going to be a really good player. Uh, Dallas Booth uh, is a senior that was a, a, our uh, tight end a year ago. He moves over to play outside linebacker. And then, of course, I think in the secondary I've got two. I've got three seniors, Dixon Davis, uh, Nolan Phillips, who – Probably will be always uh, immortalized by his interception return. He's a senior. And then Amir Adams, the commitment to the University of North Alabama. Those three guys in the back half uh, give us a little room for a mistake or two maybe up front. What's the uh, – Tim Carter is our guest here on WNSP as we continue from Fairhope High School. What's the uh, – is there a magic number for seniors you'd like to have back? I mean, everybody would like to have 25 seniors every year. But obviously some classes are, are bigger than others. <laughs> 
all the years you've been doing this, if if you could have an average number of seniors return every year, is is there a magic number to that? I, you know, I think you'd like to have something around 25 to 30, somewhere mm -hmm. in there. This is a little bit of a high number. And, you know, here's the amazing thing. 37 kids know with only 22 Spartan positions, yeah. they're, they're not going to be a starter. Uh, that's if you didn't start any underclassmen, which we will. I mean, it just shows the commitment and the excitement and the, the purpose I think they have in playing for us. And, uh, you know, I... The more more seniors you got, probably the better, uh, just because of the leadership and the, the sense of urgency a senior has as opposed to a 10th grader. But uh, we've been very fortunate. We've always had in that 20 to 30 uh, window, that range. Uh, but this year's 37 is kind of large. I think I had 41 yeah. one year at Auburn High School, and that was a big number. All right, so. you got the two linemen that joined us. They say they like to run block. Is this going to be a running team this year or what? <laughs> Well, I like to run the football. If anybody knows I something know about that, me, yeah. I like to I like to be able to run the football. I think it's important when you're in the playoffs and the weather's, uh, you know, not very good and, you, and it's late in the year and it's cold. And I think you have to be able to run it. But uh, now we're going to have a diverse attack. Uh, you know, I think we. Uh, Anybody knows something about Coach Williams, Joel, and, and his staff, Al and Avery Warner, and and uh, uh, Zach Ballard. Uh, you know, I think they know we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna tr have a multitude of things. Are you more involved with the offense, defense, or split? I just make sure we got water. Uh, <laughs> Make cold sure. water or that's right cold, I, cold, cold. I don't know where that came from temperatures optimally. of course our ice machine did die this week so that How might be what they're talking the about machine i know it i know it it's not even working this time of year i don't know why it went out on us but uh you know it's uh i i you know when i was at auburn high school i was the oc head coach for 12 years uh, prior to that, I was on defense primarily. Uh, I've done both here, but but I'm I'm more on defense now. So uh, I've got Coach Williams. He's I don't, I don't know 10, 15 years older than me, maybe 20. Uh, why am I going to mess with that expertise? You know, uh, so that's we what I say about Lee every week. <laughs> why am I going to mess with that expertise? <laughs> but I I just have. I, our staff defensively, uh, Brett Horn, Blake McDonald, they've been there forever. They do a great job with the front. Coach Messina came over. He's working with the linebackers. Coach Smith, Coach Watkins with the secondary. So it gives me a lot of flexibility with those guys over there. Sometimes they're running the show because I'm having to deal with something that a head coach has. So uh, good staff, good guys. Barry Kane, he wants to play the next level you got the kid going to play it is he going to play at harvard or just go in there as a student he's going to play he committed right. in football. others are you get uh have college college amir football? adams you know he's going he's already committed to the university of north alabama i thought i think more more offers will come for him i do but uh he liked uh liked it up at the university of north alabama i know south and several of those are are looking at him and nolan phillips nolan phillips is getting quite a bit of attention you brought his name up for those who don't know what happened you mentioned you know that the legend or the that living infancy here what did he do oh man it was just uh you know we had that was a great game last year and uh coach smith in his defense he came in late the spanish fort and and was trying to put everything together and is doing a remarkable job and that game was just back and forth uh matter of fact they had the ball at one time and i'll tell you about preston godfrey we fumbled the ball or threw a pick they ran the ball back and he is going to score this guy ran the ball back about 60 or 70 yards and preston came out of nowhere because he was in it running back and tackled him on the seven yard line we held him and they missed a field goal. And uh, that, to me, was the most unbelievable play of that game. Matter of fact, we recognized it and talked about it because, I mean, he just came out of nowhere. Uh, but, you know, there was very little time left. 
and Coach Smith was trying to throw one down and complete it, I think, where they would be in field goal range because uh, they wouldn't have had enough time to call a timeout and try to kick a field goal. And uh, Nolan came off of his man and uh, high-pointed the football, kept his feet, and went close to 70 yards for, a, for an interception return. It's one of, the, one of the best runs, and it was almost like kind of – when Auburn ran back the the kick six that time, it just he got the sideline and and the old linemen were trying to cut him off, but they couldn't. And uh, he went the distance, and you know time ran out as he was running it back. And I'm like, you got to score, 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 because you know it would have gone into OT if not. But uh, it was an unbelievable play. And of course, you know he's a he's a potential uh, college baseball player. He's a, a great athlete, uh, and and I think Preston Godfrey. Uh, Clayton Oblin and Barrett Kane all have a chance to go on and play, and maybe even Dallas Booth, uh, you know, at maybe some smaller schools. But uh, good group of guys. Coach, you know it's a big day for you all. Thank you so much for having us out. We appreciate you spending a little time with us, and uh, we'll do it again soon. Good luck tonight. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. All right, scoreboard traffic and weather next. The Dr. Christopher Mullinex High School game day continues from Fairhope High School right here on the sports station WNSP. Hi, this is Jake Peavy, MLB pitcher and Mobile, Alabama native. You're listening to 105.5 WNSP. All right, 823, boys and girls. It's our first Dr. Christopher Monarch's High School game day. We continue in Air Sports 1 from Fairhope High School. But fear not, the split doubleheader this week. We will be at Baker tomorrow. But uh, Fairhope and Spanish Fort tonight. Tickets available on GoFan. And uh, we encourage you to continue your conversation in the app, WNSP.com. And as Mark pointed out, the Dr. Christopher Mullenix game day will be there are the title sponsor for all of our game days. And, you know, they're located at 715 Downtown Boulevard. You've heard me say this many times. You do not need a referral. If you have an emergency, give them a call at 471-3381. Uh, Dr. Mullenix and Dr. Aaron Wallander. They perform a range of surgeries from dental implants, wisdom teeth, jaw surgery, and it goes on and on and on. Uh, he's been serving, Dr. Mullenix has been serving the Mobile area for over 20 years. I'd say I've probably been there for about seven or eight years getting dental implants. So take my recommendation. He's very, very professional and very personable, and I've had no issues at all once uh, I've come out of the, uh, the dental chair after my surgery. So I, I highly recommend him, Mark. Uh, someone who's had a little bit of an issue here in the last 24 hours is our good friend and the Miami quarterback, Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, he has issues with Mr. Ryan Clark. Man, man, channeled his inner Will Smith and told him to take my my name out your mouth after uh, comments that uh, Tua just didn't seem to like. You know, Mark, he was very gracious about it too because he pointed out that being Samoan and the respect, and you never hear Tua making negative comments ever, that I've never heard him anyway. So there was obviously something that really touched a vein with him that pushed a button. And, you know, this Ryan Clark, who's an NFL player and now ESPN analyst, you know, he started in. I don't know what prompted or triggered it, but I guess, he, you know, that these guys come on now and they feel they have, a, uh, they have to do something to, you know, get their name out there or at least, you know, give an opinion. And he said basically condensing that Tua didn't work hard during the offseason, 
uh, said that uh, some other things. But the thing that really, I think, struck the chord with Tua is when he compared him to, what, a pole dancer at a strip club or something like that? They, the physique. Of a, and I, I didn't get that one at all. I didn't hear that part. What I did see is uh, he spent a lot of time at the tattoo table. He was not at the dinner table eating what the fitness trainer had advised. He looked heavy and thick. Now, it's one thing to come out and, and, and make statements like that, and you say hot takes. Where, did, where does Ryan Clark, I mean, was he out there with, uh, did he hear this from a third source or something like that? But, all right, and I, I almost feel that maybe, and I don't know this for a fact, but it seems like he could have gotten away with that. But this thing about the strip club, that's the one that caught my attention. Like, what? wait a minute. Like, basically saying that he had the physique or something of people who work in strip clubs and everything. So finally, I think, you know, Tua just, you know, spoke out. But he wasn't nasty about it, Mark. I, I actually thought he was kind of gracious about it in pointing out that, you know, you need respect. He comes from a family of respect and everything. He didn't really lash out and, and call Ryan Clark an idiot or anything like that. Just said, basically, keep my name out of your mouth. He's built like the girls working at Anox right now. Uh, and where? And where? Um, that would be to your point. Okay. Now I've look. I haven't. I can't identify with any of this that he was saying, but I, I don't think that the. Well, I'm not even going to go there. I, I don't see where Ryan Clark was trying to uh, point out that you know Tua and compare him to those who work at a strip club. It made no sense to me. Um, now maybe the bouncers, but. Well, I, I think the people that need to be offended by the comment aren't isn't Tua. It needs to be the women working at this gentleman's club. That's a good point. I almost started to go in that like, area. Hey, now. Like, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. And Ryan Clark, how would you have such specific information, sir? Now, now, didn't you say earlier that Ryan Clark apologized that he was just joking? He did Don't apologize. Don't take it back. Don't take he, it back. He, he said it. He did apologize. Ryan Clark, you he said He said it. he was just kidding. Yeah, well. Well, obviously he had to be kidding. Come on now. Well, you know, Tua's, you know, physique. I mean, I can look up the club here and see if they have a, um, I don't know if I, I'm can I guessing. do that on a work laptop? I, I don't know. Sure. Yeah, he says, sure. It's not my, it's not his laptop. No, it's yours. You're, All right, ahead. so here, I'm going to go to their Instagram. Let's see what's up. I'll let you know if any of them look like Tua. <laughs> I can I can assure you the first one that came up does not pause does not look like Tua. Yeah, I don't I don't see any. Too, well, I mean, no. unless he was referring <laughs> to the bouncers or he was not referring to the bouncers. I assure. I'm sure, you. he wasn't referring to the waitresses. Uh, he says he's built like the girls. Yeah. All right. Uh, what kind of clubs does Ryan go to? Lee, we need an investigative reporter. Get on it. Get in the Prius and go, sir. I think that's more up Nick, Nick's. Uh... That's his, more his forte. Yeah, I can just see. Could, could Air Sports One make that trip to Atlanta? Unlikely. We gave to Fairhope. That's half the battle. All right. This this place, this vehicle can go anywhere. Dan Jennings is next. It's our Dr. Christopher Monarchs High School Game Day. The debut here from Fairhope High School. Mark, I'm Alicia Vanian, Air Sports One. Some of our participating sponsors, the Mobile County Sheriff's Department, Allstate Aging, Kenneth Morgan, Green and Phillips Injury Law Firm, the Orthopedic Group, QB Country, Greer's Markets, and Cash Saver. 
we usually, when we go out, if we can, we try to get a, a famous alum. Riley Leonard was not available today. But we do have a former quarterback joining us and a Fairhope Hall of Famer, Dan Jennings, my good friend. Dan, good morning. How are you today? I'm doing well. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good. So we, we were thinking about Riley Leonard, obviously, because he's in the, the narrative, uh, great quarterbacks, opening game against Clemson. You, I did not know you played quarterback for Fairhope. Were you as good as he was? Not even close. That's how I knew you were. Ran, you had ran out of names when Riley Leonard, you can't get, and you have to resort to Dan Jennings. Then I knew we were in trouble. Well, I'm more curious to know what the qualifications are getting into the Fairhope Hall of Fame, quite frankly, Dan. I, I, you know what? Again, they may have just ran out of names, and they elevated me to that <laughs> status, and uh, they, they had a couple spots on the wall they needed to fill. Tell me about your days. I, See, I didn't know that you actually played at a quarterback at Fairhope. You played for Joe Dean. Mark and I commented a lot about how, what's a good term for Urban Meyer's culture at Florida, Mark? Toxic. Okay. I had heard stories that Joe Dean was pretty tough to uh, play for. Would, would you put him in the same vein as Urban Meyer? I wouldn't say he was tough to play for. I would just say he was very hard. Um, you know what? He took boys and turned them into men. And I like to joke around and say he had a heart of gold, but he was tougher than a $2 steak. And uh, I think that kind of fits him to a T. You know, my dad coached on those staffs with uh, with Coach Dean. And, you know, those of us that had an opportunity to play for him loved him because, you know, you knew if he was uh, if he was driving you, if he was getting on you and demanding more, uh, you know, you knew he cared about you and only wanted the best for you. Were you, were you a dual-threat quarterback or a drop-back or just what? And that, and during that time, we ran the uh, we ran the veer option a lot, Ooh. and uh, not a lot of like not Novocaine, a lot of Dan. passing going on during those days. Yeah, it's like Novocaine. Give it time, it always works, right? That's it. You just keep doing it, and all of a sudden, you get a missed tackle. And we had a we had a running back by the name of Ronnie McCovery, who was uh, some kind of special player, and he found just a little bit, and he took a lot. So did you have, a, a, a let's say, some great seasons at Fairhope? Uh, and reminisce a little bit about success at the uh, high school before Daphne came along? So, you know, that was the beautiful thing here. Is we had so many good players up and down the eastern shore. There was no... You know, there was no uh, Spanish sport. There was no Daphne. So you had the entire Eastern Shore to choose from, and a lot of great talent come up and down, uh, you know, from this shoreline. And uh, I know as a sophomore at Fairhope, we uh, we ended up playing at that time. They called it the Shrine Bowl in Mobile at Ladd Stadium. And uh, we lost in overtime to Murphy, uh, led by Ken Luke and Marty McDowell. And that was the Murphy team that went on to play for the state championship uh, a couple of years later john holman and some guys like that but uh you know at fairhope we had mark callahan and and uh, philip wiley who went on to Ole miss and uh ronnie mccovery and you know there was uh it was always a great battle and a great rivalry uh fairhope and murphy and 
you know, I look back and that opportunity to play for Coach Dean, and uh, you know, there's a lot of lessons that you draw on that you know the mental toughness that you learn during that time that certainly have been very valuable over the course of uh, my career and, and life. Dan, I, I'm, I wanted to mention, by the way, because you said it was tough as a $2 steak. I'm glad you finished that statement because we had just gotten finished talking about a gentleman's club in Atlanta. So I wasn't really sure where you were going with that. So I'm, I'm, just, I'm just very appreciative that you clarified where, what, what exactly you were talking about there. Uh, always, you know, if you don't uh, if you don't tie the laces, you end up tripping yourself. So I always try to clarify. <laughs> in reality, though, you made more of a mark in baseball at Fairhope, correct? Because that's where you eventually uh, went to school and on to play baseball. I did, yeah, Lee. That was, uh, you know, baseball at Fairhope, and, and uh, basically the group that I come in with. Uh, a lot of us seniors. The year before, I think they had won three games, and uh, that year I think we went 18 and 18 and eight, and started the direction of that program. And uh, uh, my dad was the baseball coach, and man, he, you know, they just had a tremendous run there, and a lot of players come out of there that uh, went to college, and you know, continued to build on that program and make it uh, what it eventually became. And uh, a couple of times went in the state championship, and. Uh, just a great, uh, great to be part of that, and definitely Dan going in the right direction now. Yeah, Dan Jennings of the Washington Nationals, who's in the Fairhope Hall of Fame. Are you in other Hall of Fames in high school? Because you played some other. I think you were Davidson for a while. Did you ever get into any other Hall of Fames? No, that's it. Fairhope's the only one that uh, that needed another person to put on the wall. So it was a great honor. I think it was about 2006, and. Uh, when I got that opportunity and got the phone call, and uh, just a great, uh, really a, a special moment for me. And, of course, you're in the, uh, I think, the William Carey Hall of Fame and also the Mobile Sports Hall of Fame, correct? Yeah, that's correct, Lee. Uh, you know, that just means you're old. People, uh, people like something you did along the way, and it means you're getting some years stacked on you. So if you're in the same Hall of Fame as Lee Shervanian, what does that tell you? Well, I, I, I've still got a ways to go if I'm going to try to ascend to that level, but I'm working towards it, Mark. I'm, I'm almost there. I'm trying to get there. <laughs> look, look at you tying those laces so you don't trip. I love it. All right. You know, it's fortuitous. It, it, who knew? You know, when I, I we, we talked about having you on because we wanted to have an alum of Fairhope on, fortuitous. But with the story that broke last night, without getting specific yet, your reaction to what happened with Shohei Otani. Yeah, that was really, uh, I was sad to hear it. Now I guess they have uh, definitely said he's got a tear. Uh, you know, two things. Number one, I hate it for the Angels, uh, the GM there, Perry Manassas, a friend of mine. Uh, you got arguably two of the best talents in baseball in uh, Shohei and Mike Trout. Um, and now, you know, this guy, they didn't move him at the deadline. They didn't move him last winter. Now they really look to get nothing for him, and he's probably to some degree, and I don't know what, because now it's just about how much you're willing to gamble. I mean, he's going to get uh, he's going to get a nice contract, but are you? This will be the second Tommy John. Are you getting a guy that? Um, 
you know, can he come back completely to what he was? And you know it's going to be a 16- to 18-month window of time to wait on him to get uh, to get fully recovered and establish health as a pitcher. So uh, there's a lot of things that are going to be implicated here with uh, – you know, with respect to a, a new contract, free agency, the Angels themselves, and uh, just hate it for baseball because, man, oh, man, every fifth day when he took the ball, that was uh, must-see TV. Again, these are questions we don't know the full answer, but he stayed to DH in the second game. Do they keep him DHing? Can he still DH? I know he's not going to pitch again this year, or do you just sit him down and, and then wait to see if he's going to have surgery? You know, there there is a chance, unless it is bothering his elbow on the swing, uh, you know, through extension. And that's one of those, um, he stayed in and did it, so perhaps there's there's no pain that's, uh, that's significant. Most position players who have to have a Tommy John or they injure their, uh, their tendon in there, they're good enough to stay and hit. You know, Bryce Harper come back early. So I think that, that if it doesn't, cause any farther uh, damage or, or, you know, current pain, then perhaps he gets to stay in the lineup and at least be an offensive player, and that part of it would be good for baseball. All right, let me ask you this. Former GM, let's say you're a GM or you're in the year of Mike Rizzo of Washington, would you make a run at Otani if he has Tommy John surgery and has to sit out all of next year? And then to think about what Texas did in getting DeGrom in and how he hasn't hardly pitched at all. Do you, and he is 29. It's not like he's, you know, 21, 22. Do you make a run for him and give him the big butt, big bucks? So I'll answer your question, but first I think you have to look at two things. Number one is um, do you go to the same level financially that, that he could have or would have commanded if he's completely healthy? I think the immediate answer to that is no. And number two is how big a gambler are you? You know, I mean, you're talking about an owner that's going to invest significant dollars into uh, – into a guy that you thought was a unicorn, a two-way guy and one of the maybe the most special talent we've ever seen in the history of the game. So my answer would be yes, I, I, I would make a run, knowing that you may only have him as a, uh, as a, a hitter and not ever have the value of uh, what he brings on the mound or certainly not for uh, basically a year and a half. Dan Jennings, Fairhope Hall of Famer, joining us for just a few more minutes. So, again, we don't know the full extent of this and, and what's going to happen, you know, with with Otani. But have you ever known of a pitcher to bounce back and be productive after two Tommy John surgeries? Yeah, there, there are guys that have done it, um, for sure. There's guys that have had, you know, one surgery maybe didn't go completely correct and they had to go in and have something. So it has happened um, a few times. And I, I think that, you know, just based upon this – He's got age in his in his corner as a positive. He's certainly in great, tremendous uh, physical condition, so that will be a positive. And I think, uh, you know, knowing the way that uh, the Asian ball players and, and the advanced uh, training techniques and, and just the fact that they love to throw as much as they do, all of these things probably work out in his favor in terms of a complete and healthy 
uh, comeback uh, from Tommy John. But again, there's always that 1% of uncertainty, and that goes back to just how big a gambler are you and what risk are you willing to take. So here's the dilemma the Angels face. Otani is now leading the majors in home runs. He's the only draw they have. Trout's out to bring fans. If you keep him as a DH, I'm sure more people would come to your game. But if he is going to need surgery, do you get it done now or wait till the end of the year? That seems to be the dilemma that I'd look at. Well, that's going to fall on Otani. I mean, that's going to be his, uh, you know, that, I'm sure he'll go get multiple opinions um, to find out what's going to be in his best interest. And if it appears, which it does, that they're not going to do anything in the postseason, uh, then he may make the decision to shut it and go get the surgery and have somewhat of an exact timeline of he'll be back and ready to take a rehab um, you know, and then start pitching. But uh, as a team that's going to go out and get him, you know, you're going to have to give up some, uh, you're going to have to give up a little bit of development time with him as a everyday player as he rehabs, you know, to come back as a pitcher. So there's a lot of innuendos and thoughts here that you have to take the time, think about, and go, you know, is this – where is my bottom line on my dollar because of the things that we thought we were going to get and now it's going to be set back at minimum 16 to 18 months? All right, we're going to wrap this up. But every time I talk about Tommy John surgery, how in the world is Tommy John the pitcher not in the Hall of Fame with 288 wins? Wow, 288 and, and uh, a, a surgical procedure named after him that has saved so many careers. It's I, I hopefully the veterans committee will do right by him and put him in and and uh, give him his just place in the uh, in the hall. Well, maybe it's because there's not a two combined words that have a bigger negative connotation in all of baseball than Tommy John. You're, you know, now it's all it's abbreviated to TJ, and you know exactly what it means. So you're exactly right, Mark. And it's uh, and now so many of these kids, even coming out of high school and college, they've had it at least one time. And um, you know, it's it's almost a standard thing now, where it occurs so often. You just go, well, how long was the rehab, and has he come back equal to or better than? All right, well, next time you're on, we'll come up with uh, with uh, whatever uh, Dan Jennings' surgery is, and we'll figure out what that, that entails. You'll be you'll be infamous as well as famous. Just make sure that you tie your laces so you don't trip. <laughs> yes, sir. Hey, have a, great, uh, have a great weekend. Thanks for joining us. You too, guys. Thank you. That's Dan Jennings. One final segment of the day. Uh, we'll let you know where we're headed tomorrow. Air Sports 1, going to need that gas. We going to... Uh, we're going cross-country, basically. In fact, Nick may just take this thing straight to our next location. It may take him that long to get there. We'll tell you where. You guys can jump in. It's the Dr. Christopher Monarch's High School Game Day. Number one. We're at Fairhope High School right here on the sports station. WNSP and WNSP.com. Stay with us. Hi, this is Dan Jennings with the Washington Nationals, and you're listening to WNSP Sports Radio 105.5. And then you have to eat your lunch all by yourself. All right, one final 
segment of the day. I want to thank all the fine folks here at Fairhope High School uh, for having us out to the Pirates in the Spanish Fort tonight. Season opener for both games at Spanish Fort. You can get tickets at a GoFan. Tomorrow during, well, of course, the top of the hour when we take the air at 6 from Baker High School, and in the scoreboard we'll have high school football scores. There'll be three key games. There's games around the state, too. But obviously Fairhope Spanish Fort, Murphy, with the new coach taking on Daphne and Kenny King. And then St. Michael's opens up against Gulf Shores tonight, down at Gulf Shores. Nice. All right. And then a full uh, full schedule of high school games this Friday. We are in football mode tomorrow. So you get the uh, you get the game of the week. You're going to get uh, the post-game show till midnight. Woohoo! Nick over here is going to be a part of it. He's going to be getting up early. He's going to be staying up late. Did we also mention about today, prior to the game tonight at 7 o'clock, prep spotlight, uh, they'll be previewing. And then... Uh, and who's on the call of tonight's game? Michael Bronner. Michael Bronner! And Brian Gennard. Woo! Right. Bunch of guys just burning a candle at both ends. We have such a young and productive staff. Well, we have young staff. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. But anyway, Brian brings a lot to the broadcast. <laughs> He's been with us for years. Michael making his debut tonight. We hope everything goes well there. And then tomorrow, as you mentioned, uh, Pigskin Pete takes the air. Actually, the Pigskin Pete is not going to be on the show, right, Michael? Uh, Nick, who's... That, that's who's Nick. Doing? I'm Mark Lee. That's correct. Well, let's yes. not, let's not you are uh, Mark get Easley. in the way of a good story. That's right. Hey! So what is, hey! hey. Voted me back to me. I've made it yeah, big time. Yeah, exactly. So who's on the 6 to 6.50 show tomorrow? Program director. Well, you know you're going to see sure. the likes of uh, Bina Brown. Right, everyone loves some Bina. You got Scott Todd. Now, this is the, of that the six o'clock part. I'm not talking about the post game. I'm talking about the pregame. We're gonna have a little bit of everybody in there. Look, it takes you. A, it. you? it takes I, many I a feet. You weren't invited. I wasn't it takes invited. many a feet to fill the shoes of a pigskin Pete. That's and they, right. Look, that rhymes. Yeah. It's, it's only like it rhymes. There it's two, true. Yeah. So how can they call it the pigskin Pete show if he's not gonna be there? You know, is this like the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, who's usually took about eighteen weeks of vacation? Yeah, you know, they, they, they still call it they still call it the uh, the Jimmy Kimmel Show when they have like David Spade fill in. They don't they don't switch the That's name. A good up. point right there. So when you have a guest hosted, it's still the you know the Tonight Show with Very Johnny Brown. Or, or Johnny Carson, as it were. Pigskin Pete has man become didn't even go Jay Leno. He went way back. He has ascended from being just a person to becoming an entity and a brand all all in him. All uh, in himself. You so. want to uh, alert everybody what's going on in the afternoon show today? Do you know? Yeah, I do. Don't know. Oh, come on, man. You know, you know that the show is going to be full of fun and now give me interesting. Besides what? you and Corey, who else? Well, he said it's got to be somebody else because he said it was going to be fun. fun. And That's what I'm mentioning. So, so who's, so who's going to be on to make it a good show? What if I told you that we were going <laughs> to talk to, to? What if I told you? <laughs> A team that ended one of the longest win streaks in sports history. What if I told you that, Lee? I would ask you, who was that? Are we talking about the Falcons? We're talking about a representative of the Washington Commanders oh, who ended yes. that Baltimore Ravens streak. They had not lost a preseason game since I was recently graduated from high school. So... 
Pretty long time. Pretty 20, long time. So a lot of things changed since 2015 then, then right? Because that's when the streak started. One of the most nebulous streaks and most unusual. And, and yeah, that's the way many that write Hang it on, up. I'm like Googling who, that. Hang who on. even knew? I loved her in Guardians, by the way. Who kept track of <laughs> preseason wins? But it's an incredible streak. You're right, 24 in a row. Yeah, no, you can't. And if beat it wasn't it. for a pass interference call, it Additive might have been 25 in the form of a cloud or haze. So you have Hazy. Ron Rivera coming on. Maybe we didn't use nebulous correctly <laughs> there. <laughs> it, oh, it says unclear, vague, or ill-defined. Exactly. That's that's how people looked at that streak. Like, oh, that's pretty clear. I mean, they're undefeated in scrimmages. So, who's the guest? <laughs> I don't have the lineup with me right here on hand, but I'll tell you, you what, man. We're back to back, two for two on weeks, getting big time Hall of Fame guests. And, you know, George Teague, he actually said he had such a great time with us. He said he wants to join us every single week. And I said, eh, we'll try to fit you in. And we also we asked uh, George to rank himself uh, with Trayvon Diggs and Kool-Aid McKinstry. Can you guess what the ranking was on who, he who's probably, the better cornerback? He probably put himself number one knowing uh, George Teague. I'm oh. going to go say he tried to – he wanted to put himself one, but he was but. trying to be humble. I'm going to go he went second. I'm going to say he put himself second because he didn't want to seem like a pompous guy, but at the same time, sure. these guys are confident. I'm going to say two. I'm going to go safe and say two. Well, Mark, you would be right. He put himself second. He put the other former Alabama corner and now Dallas Cowboys corner, Trayvon Diggs, number one, and he put Kool-Aid number three. And he went in depth on why – uh, he would rank them that way. So, so if if one were uh, interested in hearing such an interview, would they go to WNSP now? Mark, I'm really glad you asked that question. I asked. That, I'm a I'm a reporter. It's my job. Right, well, I ask marketing questions. Well, let me answer it. Oh, sorry, my bad. <laughs> you can go wherever you find your favorite podcasts: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and you can go to WNSP now. We've uploaded that interview by itself. You can also go on our Twitter where we have uploaded that famous play where he had that strip that technically didn't count in that <laughs> Miami game. Talk about nebulous, am I right, and, <laughs> and the link is there, and you can hear that full interview. And he was very candid about the Terrell Owens hit, knocking him off the star at midfield. And I asked him how he felt when Terrell Owens ended up becoming a Dallas Cowboy and he was not shy of an opinion, and we're looking forward to having him on next week. Did you ask him what his favorite pregame playlist was? I'll ask. I'm going to ask him that yeah. uh, next time we talk to him. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. All right, Lee. You got big plans tomorrow. You're going to be at Baker bright and early. I can't top that. Oh, That's yeah. Well, By the he, way, to, to his to, to your speaking, credit, though, he, yeah. Speaking of pro, you athletes, had three hours. He had two and a half hours to come yeah. up with that. Speaking about pro, I think Blaine. Uh, is going to join us, uh, the former Baker lineman who went into the NFL, Blaine Kalsau. I think he's going to be uh, joining us for our 8.30 slot. But, of course, we have Steve Norman. Do we need anybody else? Uh, oh, yeah, Josh Flowers, one of the top quarterbacks in the area at Baker. Yeah, we got him, too. Steve Mears are getting competitive yeah. here. Yeah. Wow, a little Steve friendly Norman. competition. And I wonder if Steve will be on his game, though, without Matt McCoy in the Oh, I, I, in think, I think he can make do. I think he'll be okay. I think he'll be all right. All right. Again, I want to thank everybody here at Fairhope. Thanks to Michael Bronner back at the studios of WNSP. Uh, we'll be back at it tomorrow from Baker. It's been the Dr. Christopher Mullinex High School Game Day. Until tomorrow at 6. See ya.